At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. up everybody happy tuesday one and all sports take in the house barrett brooks rob ellis and jacob sports youtube network uh big day big day at the channel huge, a little, huge little bit day. later we're gonna have uh some massive announcements they're gonna be taking place uh which we'll be able to share with you soon uh but trust me when i tell you these are biggies this is not just typical you know, guys throwing stuff out there. Uh, this is some some stuff that I think will uh, will move the needle, so to yes. speak. What up, B? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Everything all right? Yeah, no complaints, man. Well, What's up, everybody, in the comment section? Mr. Taz, Jeremiah, Chris, Showtime, and William. How we all doing? How we all doing? Appreciate everybody I, out there, everybody listening, everybody streaming. I, I did want to say this. And I, you know, we start off on a high level all the time, but I, I, I at least got to do this out of respect. For a guy that you know that's, that's special to me is, um, you know, Captain Tony, his son-in-law passed away on Thursday. So uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out. Say, hey, I love you, bro. Love you and the family, Tam, your baby girl. I mean, she's going through a lot right now. You know, you got to make sure you ride the ship for her. You know, your brother's always here. Always yeah, here. Very, everybody very everybody in the stream will probably be here, all, you know, for you also, man. Yeah, yeah Captain we got Tony, you. Tam, we got you, all right? Sorry to hear that, man. Very sorry yeah. to hear that. But hey, he, uh, he, he wanted to go to the show and rock it out, man. We got a lot to do today, man. A lot to talk yeah. about today, bro. Yeah, we do. Uh, coming up, uh, as I mentioned, we'll have the uh, the big announcement coming up shortly uh, from a from a station standpoint. And, and D Gun is is on hand where the uh, the big announcement is taking place. So he'll right, be joining right. us in a little bit. Yeah, he he's, uh, he you know he he's he's the big time guy. So you know he's he's there <laughs> at the spot. Me and you we're we're just minions. <laughs> That's why we're here. We're minions, but uh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They put the uh, they put the face of sports take at the with the big boys, the shake right, hands, right, 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 right. Yeah, right. yeah. They don't That's, trust us in those kind of settings. No, Barry. no, no. I mean, I'm surprised. I mean, you look at the, you look at it. It says Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, and Rob Ellis. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we know yeah. who gets first billing, man. We know that. We, we know who the number one is. You know, the, fly, <laughs> the show didn't take off until we got Derek there. So you know, it's Derek is there. But yes. I, you know, Sam. This, yeah, this is people, be, people like Adam think he's he's barbecuing offsite. Maybe he is. I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing's out of the question at this point. Yes. You never know with D Gun. Yeah, you never the, know the, the surprise announcement is Derek Gun bought another grill. That's right. that's that's the big news. 
Well, no. see, that wouldn't be a surprise, though. So yeah. So we'll we'll see, depending on the timing, how everything breaks down. Gunner will hopefully be hopping on a little bit later. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see how this thing works. But uh, it's a fluid situation, yeah. as they say. Um, so coming up, 1230, Dave Zingaro is going to join us from NBC Sports Philadelphia. At uh, 1 o'clock, Ben Davis, who does a phenomenal job both in the Great booth. Great job, yep. Yep. And in the studio, you know Ben, one of your colleagues at, at NBC Sports. So he's going to be joining us. We're going to dive into a bunch of different stuff, Barrett. Um, all kinds of good stuff coming up. But did you watch any of the Home Run Derby last night? Just a little bit, just yeah. enough, just enough to just to know what's going on, man. Um, and like I said, it's you know my guy from the crib, you know Albert Pujols from the crib, man. You he know did himself saying? well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I mean, they talk about an old man; he wouldn't have enough. Well, he had enough. Um. You know, with Swarbert, you know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, man. I mean, is he a machine or what, bro? I think, yeah, he is a machine, uh, first off. He looked a little tired to me last night. Right, and, right, right, right. Here's the other thing about that. I don't think his the, the guy who was pitching to him did him any favors. At, I, no, I was saying the same thing. Yeah, I didn't like the pitches he was getting well, at all. That might be, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the what do you call it, the uh, the smoking gun? Yeah, maybe, right? <laughs> he got paid off by pool yeah, holes or something. Right, right. But I get pool props because he he thought he was done at one point, and then he and Schwarber went into overtime, whatever they call it. Uh, you like a, and he was you could tell he was like, all right, here we go. And he still did pretty well, man. He advanced past Schwarber. I give him give him props. He didn't certainly for a guy who's 40, what is he, 42 years old. He didn't by any stretch embarrass himself, man. That no, dude was still did. a stud. No, he did. But you know the stud, man. I mean Sotos, I mean, why, why don't we have guys like that? We, we can't never – we do have a nice – I'm sorry. We do have a nice thing in Swarbrick. But, man, yeah. oh, man, man. No, know, but you want a guy like that coming out of your system. But, you know, here's the crazy thing. So that championship round, which was Soto and uh, Julio Rodriguez, the combined age of those two guys, Barrett, was 44 years old. Combined <laughs> age, 40, a 23-year-old and a 21-year-old, man. And like, uh, That is crazy, man. Yeah, it's that amazing. But you, you want one of those guys – back to your point. You want to draft and or or sign out of the Dominican or whatever and develop those guys. And the Phillies don't have nearly enough of those guys that they draft and develop. So what happens to all that? You know, because, like you know, I, I, I started paying attention later on. Like I retired from the NFL in 07. And then I took a year and a half and, and got my uh, my um, my degree. I got a, a master's in healthcare administration. Right. And, you know, so I wasn't really tied in with sports. Right, but that was right around the time that the big piece and all those guys had come together as a unit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, Tommy was there, so when he finally, when they finally let Tommy go, the big piece came up, and you know everybody else was already set in place. You know, so how how did that whole thing go about, man? That they got good that fast? Well, you know what it was, Barrett. It, it was the rare time in my life. It's happened twice. The rare time they've really done an excellent job drafting. And not trading away prospects who ended up going somewhere else and, and blowing up. Like the Phillies way back in the day traded away Ryan Sandberg, and he went what? on to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. They traded yeah, away Ryan – listen to this. They traded Ryan Sandberg for Yvonne De Jesus and I think Larry Boa. Uh, and Boa was a, was a phenomenal I'm about Philly. to say, yeah. I mean, you know. But he was at the end. He was at the end of his career. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, but anyway, so they had two stretches. They had a stretch in the early 70s when they drafted Schmidt, Lazinski. Boone, Boa, and just kind of grew those guys. And that turned into a team that eventually won the World Series in 1980. Then 
it, then it was the time you're talking about the time period, right? When you got out of football and you were kind of just doing your thing. Uh, otherwise when they drafted Rollins, Utley, Howard, Hamels, Madsen, just to name a few. That's okay? crazy, man. Yeah. And here's the real overlooked guy in all of this. Mike Arbuckle was the, was the farm system director who went on to, you know, he was with Kansas city and he, he's, he was a phenomenal farm director, but he did a great job drafting those guys. But Ed Wade, who was the GM before, uh, you know, Pat Gillick took over before he was moved on from, he held on to those guys when he could have traded them away for, for you know, when a couple of years they were getting close there in like Oh five, Oh six. Right. And he held on to those guys and wouldn't move them. And really Oh four too, like the time period you're talking about. And it, it paid unbelievable dividends, man. The guy just exploded. Uh, the, the whole team exploded. And that's why, how you got on that run. I mean, it really was. Well, I mean, so when I first really, really started paying attention back with um, sports, and especially when I dove deep into it, Ruben Amaro was the GM then. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was yes, he took over. He took, yeah, Gillick stepped down after after the World Series year. Exactly. So from that point on, um, was it Ruben? Or, I mean, what, 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 what stopped? What was that, that huge decline? You know what I mean? When Brown was there, he had the best, what, you know, month, six weeks, month and, a half, yeah. <laughs> month and a half period of, you know, life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what, what happened from that point on? Well, so two things happened. They, they, that team should have won another one. Um, but then they started to get old and they hung on to those guys too long. They get too sentimental. It was a combination of being too sentimental and wanting to fill seats still. Mm -hmm. At some point you got to bite the bullet and move on and start trading guys away. You know, That's Joe Banner balance. Yeah, yeah. Joe Banner took it to an extreme. The guy right. hits thirties out of here for the most part. It, I, I, that was an extreme, but they waited too long on these guys to pull the trigger. It was they, that's part one of it. Part two of it is they drafted horribly. After the team started missing the playoffs and really fell off, and they were terrible, and they were picking really high in the draft. It was a combination of Ruben Amaro Jr. and then the, an utter just just raging mistake that they're still paying for was Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail coming in here, and just flat out sucked. They just sucked. As, as <laughs> that was during breakfast on broad time, you know. So God, I put things in, you know, in in years, and that was me and you were on breakfast on broad when all that stuff was correlating, you know, around yes. 15, 16, 17, around there. Yeah, exactly. It, it was <laughs> the Phillies were like old and bad and weren't drafting anybody good. They drafted Moniac during that time. We I remember. We, right, we was, right, right. Number one pick. You know, we yeah. thought he was the second coming. We, you yeah. know, this kid can bat. You know, what I'm saying he's the batter and the outfielder. We were missing and. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's years and years of misses like teams like Atlanta teams, well, Washington, you know, with Soto and Harper and, and like teams in their own division. If you just, you can look at them, you can look at the Dodgers, you know, whatever the Yankees over the years, Phillies haven't had nearly enough. It's why you have to almost buy your way. I mean, you had to buy hard well, works with some guys, you know, like I told you explained last um, yesterday, actually mm -hmm. uh, with Snyder Snyder went out and got, you know, when we, when I was in college, he went out and got Juco guys turn us around early, but then he started bringing in guys from his own and then he got the culture built. You know what I'm saying? I think they got the culture. I'm looking at, you know, what's going on right now and us heading into, you know, into this, this trade deadline. Yeah. It's almost as though I can see us going out and trying to buying a team again. I mean, cause I mean, that's what the Eagles are just did in 19, I mean, um, in, in 17, right. They brought in free agents that worked. They weren't necessarily homegrown guys that 
put them over the top, you know? Yeah, like I think it was interesting that the Eagles in 17 are a really fascinating case study because you had Wentz, who started the year off unbelievably. Unbelievable. But he was homegrown. He was their draft. Yeah, yeah, right. Homegrown, you know, Fletcher Cox anchored the defense, was homegrown. Uh, Kelsey, homegrown, you know, et cetera. So you definitely had, you know, a a great mix of homegrown guys versus – Maybe the most unbelievable offseason a GM's ever had. Unbelievable. Well, actually, I mean, it started. It actually started two years ago. They had when they lost to the Saints in the playoffs, and they went out and picked the Saints back pocket. Man, they went and picked. They got Malcolm, Malcolm, and they right. got uh, um, they got Sproles. Yeah. And I think from that point on, you had a great group of guys that mixed in good with with the young. I mean, Jason Peters has been there, you know, just yeah, a long while. Time. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's it's really like right now. I'm, I'm I'm trying my best to get a grasp on what would be the best thing for this 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 Phillies team to do. I mean, at this point, you trade away some. I think we need to hold on, man. I think we need to need to hold on, not really make a move. I mean, if if anything, we get a starting pitcher, and yeah. that's about it. I I don't. Yeah, like I'm not in the camp of screw the future, you know, trade everybody. I don't want to do that. Like, I'm not giving up the f- – like, it finally looks like they're starting to build some prospects up at the lower levels who are, who are going to pay dividends, I think, in a couple of years. And I know you never know, but I, I, I truly believe that some of these guys, especially the pitchers that they have, look like they can really – you know, are, are the real deal. I'm with you. Like, I'm giving up a middling prospect yes. to get a starter in here as insurance for Eflin. That's what I'm doing. Like, that's it. And I'm, yep. I'm banking on, and it's a gamble, but I'm banking on Segura and Harper coming back and 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 getting, you know, close to being that those guys. I need the, Moniak the, to bridge it a little bit, man. Yeah, that's all I'm looking for, man. But yeah. but it is interesting though the way you build a team. Like the, we talked about this yesterday, I think the Rams are a team that just flat out said, "Screw it, we we don't care about draft picks. We don't and care about salary cap. <laughs> we don't care about any of that, man. And we're going to make trades and sign guys." And go for it right now, and whatever happens, happens. Who cares? We'll deal with it down the line. And guess what? It's worked perfectly for them. They They've won. won a Super Bowl. They're they're you know they're in contention every year. It feels like. Yep. And again this year, you know they're favorites. Now we know how hard it is to repeat, but they're they're a team talent wise that's right there with anybody. And they did that long? in a lot of ways. Barrett, just you know free agents and trades. Well, how long can you sustain that? Because. I see the teams that are competitive right now, like the Kansas City. That's homegrown there. Kansas City is homegrown. Uh, you look at the team like Cincinnati, homegrown. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the 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 Bills are also at homegrown. You know, those are guys in the organization that are really the keys that are pushing it forward. Right. That works. But then I look at, you know, I, I look down south. I, look, I, I go down to Tampa Bay. And their championship was virtually uh, free agents that won it for. Well, and and the big, 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 big free agent is Brady. Right, 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 right. right. Well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it, it, that's. I I think that's the great thing about sports, though, is you can do it. To, you're right. Buffalo's very homegrown. Uh, Belichick, for the most part, he'll make some moves here and there, but you know, a lot of that core is homegrown. Miami's kind of a hodgepodge. I'm just kind of running through divisions here. Cowboys are mostly homegrown. No, the. I, I hate to admit it, they just got a a, a a derelict at the at the helm as far as being a head coach. Yes, but you look at what they've done in the draft. I, I cannot be mad. There, there's C.D. Lamb, 
mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, Elliot, Parsons, Parsons. Parsons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lawrence, all those guys are homegrown guys that, you know, yeah. that have made it happen. Yep. I mean, they've done an excellent job at drafting. So what you want to say, you know, Jerry's son is 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 good at what he does, man. Well, and I also think what he what he's really good at doing is he talks Jerry off a ledge a yes. lot. Remember they almost like, drafted Baker Mayfield. Remember that? Well, they wanted he wanted Johnny Manziel. Right. If you remember. No, no I'm talked, sorry. No, Johnny Manziel, that's meant Johnny yeah. Manziel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. talked him out of that. So Manziel, I, I yeah. yeah, and, and I think that's Jerry probably listens to him and uh hi Mama Brooks. Good good to good to see you. Check good morning, in. Mom. Good morning. Um I think Jerry listens to his son more than he would any other GM who was a non-relative. No and, question. And that no question. has helped them a lot. Yeah. The problem is he had a blind spot for Jason Garrett. Yes. And he's made another mistake with McCarthy. And now yes. I don't think he's gonna st- stick with this as long. I think he no. I think he's really itching for Sean Payton, no matter what he says. I mean, I, I can see that happening by week six. Yeah, well, I think he gets through the year, but I do think that'll be it. Like that, no, you don't, don't think he last year. So, okay, no, all right, he interesting. Won't. He definitely won't. I mean, you know why he won't? Because they think right now, and I, I would tend to say that I, I think so also, that they have a short amount of time to maximize this roster. You know, yeah. they have just enough, just enough at the offensive line that they can win with. You know, they were ailing old left tackle, but he's still good enough that they can win. Pollard is good enough that he if, if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't play well, they can put Pollard in there. Mm-hmm. That defense is on the rise. They're they're up and coming. They're still good, very very good. So they have everything in place. Why would you waste it on a head coach that simply can't put things together? You know he just can't get right. You would have to. I would think that he would have to go out there and make this, especially with um, you know Sean Payton just sitting there. Well, but the only the thing is, Barrett, I don't think they're going to be bad enough. Like you think it's gonna be that much of a train wreck that he gets bounced during the year? Like I think they're gonna be right there for the division. So I don't think they fire him if that's the case. If they're a team that's a, like three games over five hundred, four games, I think he survives the year. I do. I but yeah, look, you could be right. I mean, there is urgency. There's got to be. Look, and Jerry's not getting any younger either. Right. Like, you know, that, that's look, a big look, thing right there. That's, yeah. that's huge. Let's be real about that. Yeah, so yeah. that's that certainly factors in. But yeah, they're a team as much as you begrudgingly admit it that they've done a pretty good job drafting. Washington is is pretty homegrown. Baltimore's really homegrown. If I'm just looking at some other teams, Cincinnati's built this thing, you know, in a big way through the draft. Absolutely. You know, Burrow, uh, Chase, et cetera. Um, Steelers are always a team, you know, that that although I mean, I think they're gonna be a little bit down this year, but they've done a nice job internally, yes, in, yes. you know, drafting. Uh the Packers have ridden Aaron Rodgers, who was a draft pick forever. Um, yeah, look, I mean, we the, the Chargers, I think, have drafted well. I think Big Reds drafted pretty well. Look, it's not a coincidence. The, the Rams are really the outlier who just askew all of this and say, screw it. They don't <laughs> even care. You know, we're, we're doing whatever we want. No, they, don't care about, they don't care about the cap. They don't no. care about jersey sales. You, I mean, they can't keep jerseys there because, I mean, they go in, rent them for a year, and then they're out of there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I look, the the if you look at it from a Philadelphia standpoint, I, I think the Eagles are starting – to yes. become that team starting not all the way there the last couple of years have, have gotten them on the right path it's right, look, it's right. one of the common the, the biggest knocks on how he is you know the the up and down nature of his drafting but i think yes. he's maybe learned something the last couple of years and he's done a really uh, look you had four players who helped you right away last year like in a big way Devontae, yeah Devontae, landon dickerson two guys who started for you milton williams and kenneth gainwell who were good sort of rotational however you want to put it 
uh, you know, contributors to you. You get that, man. You tell, ask any draft guy or any GM or scouting director. You say, yeah, I'll take that All if day. that's what we end up getting. All yeah, day. and I, and I, I believe this draft will be a, a really fruitful one for them too. I think so, also. But you know, just little things like, you know, when I look at that offense, besides Brown, everything else is like a homegrown type of of, of, of feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The whole entire offensive line. Yep. No outsiders. Yep. You know, um, you look at uh, the tight end position. Yep. Same thing. All inside guys. The quarterback. Um, quarterback. Um, you look at um, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, it's a little different. You know, This is where it's a mix. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a mix on the defensive side of the ball. But you, you had to get Gannon what he needed. You know what I'm saying? You had to. Does this mean Gannon's going to stay here? I, I, I hope and pray that Gannon gives them – so much that he becomes one of the number one guys as far as getting a job. That means that defense performed up to their capabilities. It's a good problem. Like if, if we're talking about, you know, next uh, February or March, trying to figure out who's going to be the defensive coordinator, uh, it's probably good. Like it could, <laughs> it could be a disaster and he could right. be fired, but I don't <laughs> think that's, true, yeah. I think it'll be more. He moves on. Okay, fine. Whatever. If that's the case, good. That means he's done a really good job. And, you know, and that's a whole nother discussion. I think it's one of the areas that Andy struggled with here when he started losing his guys. Like he did an amazing job out of the shoot. Yep. I mean, yep. incredible with the assistant coaches that he brought in, but he didn't do as good a job. It's not easy either. You know, it's not easy replacing guys like that. You know, I mean, Harbaugh yeah. and uh, Rivera and Leslie Frazier and uh, Juan Castillo. Whatever. Juan Castillo. We could go on and on and on. Yeah. Um, but for sure, like I think. And look, I'm more on the positive side of the Gannon thing, I think, than some people are. But they they did have to give him weapons. Like, they had to get a pass rusher. They went out and got Reddick. They had to get a linebacker. They got Kazir White. They had to get some secondary help. They get Bradbury. I'm just naming a few. There's more than that. But they had to hit those positions, or else Eagles weren't going to compete. You're going to have to outshoot teams. And this is not an offense that I think is going to be a outshoot you type of offense. Well, I mean, I think, I think that the – they have a capabilities, man, to be a lot better than what people – I mean, I understand everybody's talking about the Hurts situation. But I think there's no way that he comes back even remotely the same as what he was last year. He's going to definitely be better. Yeah. So since he is going to be better, how would you think that – why would you think that they won't be – that they were up there as far as explosive plays with, you know, top top five as far as explosive plays. No, I guess what year. I meant I, – I guess what I meant is I, I can't say that, you know – I expect them to go out there and drop 35, 42 points every single week because the defense is so bad. I just well, think gonna, that's yeah. a big ask. They, they're going to have to, though. I mean, I don't – and that's the only thing about Gannon that I don't I, – I have I have reservation with. Yeah. Is how do you flip-flop between those systems? That's – yeah, that's thing – I think that's one of the things that isn't spoken about enough. Like, you're – A, you're just trying to get the defense better, but th- it almost feels like that with this 3-4 and 4-3 debate we have and all the different looks they're going to give – like that's something a veteran defensive coordinator, yes, you know, guy who's been around forever can throw all those different wrinkles and looks at you. Yes, uh, man, I hope he's able to. You know, to me, it's like get the basics down first before you start getting crazy with all the twists that they're looking to do. But well, you know, I, I you didn't you didn't draft Jordan Davis not to utilize him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Rob, I, it'd be almost like this. When I first got to, you know, when we first started out and I started watching hockey, and you sat down and you broke down exactly what I was looking at. And we're and, and and I, you know, I learned 
And I think I learned pretty quickly after that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, but for sure. As I went on, the little idiosyncrasies, I still didn't know. Well, the players are going to be the same way. They're going to, all right, we're going to go from a one-gap system to a two-gap system on the fly. I can see doing it like every series. Like you do it a series here, you're on four, a four down this series. Right. Then you're five down this series, and then you're uh, a three down this series. I can see doing it with series. But when you're in plays, you're right in the thick of things, and you're, you know, you're in the huddle. All right, you know, then you got to go, oh, we got three down here. Is it the three line, or is it is that is that a two gap or is that a one gap? I mean, mm-hmm. am I do I have to hold this guy up or can I just go to you know and, and, and pass rush? Mm-hmm. Those are all things they have to know how to do and when to do it. And when you do a play by play, that's kind of hard for a guy to go out there and really see. All right, what am I going to do this time? Right. You know, if I'm 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 Big Davis and I'm sitting there at the nose, and it's four down, and he's lined up at the nose instead of cocked at the one technique, or cocked in you know in the gap. He doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. Then you know that's a flaw. That that, that might be a gap discipline that won't be the way it's yeah. supposed to be. So I'm that's saying, a great point. from a player standpoint, will they be able to do that? There's a lot of teaching that needs. Well, and not that it's just starting. I know they had mini camps and, and offseason stuff, but like that really needs to be you but know they driven too, home here. They camp. didn't take full advantage of that. They didn't. Right. Well, that's why you, there were six days that were left <laughs> on the table. Yes. Six days. And that's the other thing. Like, we look at it, we say, okay, preserve these guys. Physically, they're going to be better if that's the case. Okay, but do, do does defense know enough? Could could they have used the extra time? Even if you didn't have yes. them on the field, couldn't you just have sat them in a room, in a classroom, and taught a little bit more? Yes. That's, that's the problem. All right, what do you got? What do you got on uh, – all right, you got – you got we got 30 front. We got 30 front. All right, what do you got on 30 front? And you got to know that you're not cocked on that play. You got to be head up in the center. And you got a two gap that center. All right, we got four down. Why are you lined up head up on the on the, on the center? You got to be cocked there and have that one gap instead of being head up on the center where you have two gaps. Those are all things that these guys got to go in and understand and, and be able to do that throughout you know the course of not just a series but the course of plays. Yes, down. Yeah, it's gonna be hard, man. I, I I agree with you, man. And that's a concern of mine. A concern of mine isn't necessarily. I get the argument. These guys don't need to be doing three a days and killing themselves and all. Okay, fine, I got it. Put them in a classroom and in an air conditioned classroom, you know, and, and and let's make sure you know where the hell you're supposed to be on certain. Like if they start the year off, Barrett, and this defense looks sloppy, even though they have talent, there's going to be Sirianni's going to take a lot of heat for it, man, because that's his and and Howie. That's their call. That is their call. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's do this. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. Dave Zingaro is going to join us. We'll talk about Nick Sirianni. We'll get into some of the – he had a good piece today, Barrett, on veterans on the bubble. There's one name in particular that jumped out at me that I thought – actually two that I want to get your take on too that I think you'll maybe object to. But anyway, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, at 1 o'clock, Ben Davis talks some Phillies. We'll have that announcement coming for you. Very soon, as soon as we get information, we will pass that along as well. Don't go anywhere. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. A little later, D-Gun, we think. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, so let me, uh, let's talk a little finance here. And look, you know it can be a scary proposition if you're not exactly sure who to go with, but I got the right person for you. And it is Jim Murray with the Principal Financial Group. You know, whether it's 401k review, insurance review, you got a small business, you need help with employee benefits, whatever the case may be, Jim can help you. And I can tell you from a personal standpoint, this was something, you know, an area I, 
you know, I, I, I don't claim to be a finance expert, but I always wanted to invest what little money I had, the, you know, well. And I, you know, I went through years of the wrong people. Finally, uh, you know, got with Jim. He explained it to me in layman's terms, made it a lot easier. And someone I really trust, really happy with that decision. That's for sure. I think you will be too. Again, whether it's a, you know, an IRA in my case, a 401k rollover, I couldn't be happier. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. That's 610-996-4751. You can email him as, as well at murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Tuesday, everybody. Sports Take. Jiggy Sports YouTube. Again, we'll, uh, 
Uh, the announcement coming up a little bit later from a, a station and channel standpoint. Rob Ellis and Barrett Brooks on this Tuesday with you, joined by the man who covers the birds like no other. Uh, I He is the greatest Eagles beat writer, reporter in the history. Hold on, Dave. I want to see exactly how you wrote this. No, I'm kidding. Dave Zingaro from NBC Sports Philadelphia. What's up, Dave? Checks in the mail, Rob. I appreciate it. Got it, my man. Now, did, <laughs> did we go on our wild adventures that we generally go on every single uh, offseason? Where was the latest this year? It wasn't too wild this year. I was uh, up in Washington State for a couple weeks, was in British Columbia for a little bit of that. It was fun. Beautiful okay. country up there. Yeah. That's tame for you. You're usually in like Tanzania or somewhere else, right? <laughs> what, 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 what have been the spots the last few years? Kind of, kind of tame. Well, like COVID yeah. ruined a lot of it. And pre-COVID it's, maybe. Let's go pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. And it's still like when I was booking a trip this summer, it was still a little tough to yeah. figure out the restrictions everywhere. Right. So uh, staying in the country and going to Canada for a few days, I finally left the country. That felt good. There you go. uh, but it was fun. It was a beautiful. I mean, it's it's great. Like um, some of the the land up there is just unreal. So it was mm-hmm. it was a fun couple weeks for sure. Very cool, man. Very cool. All right. So you, a lot of good stuff. Uh, you're producing a lot of great stuff. Uh, on well, he had, he had he, oh go ahead back. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't talk about that he was five feet ten feet away from a gorilla, a silverback gorilla. Um, were, were you up there? Did you see any bears? You know, the pool Wait, of bear. You didn't anything, mention or? this, Dave. Well, I mean, that, that was a few years ago. COVID, that was yeah. uh, that was what year was that? I guess twenty eighteen, maybe. When he I, said I he was could in, smell, he could smell the gorilla. Yeah, I was in Uganda. It. That was pretty cool. That was one of the more one of the wilder experiences <laughs> of my so life no, for sure. So no brown bears, no Kodiak no, bears. So this is funny. I didn't see any bears, uh, but we were in Canada. We were doing a little hike in Canada, and this uh, this woman is walking her dog along the trail, no leash, and she just says, "Oh yeah, you guys, I don't know how far you're going up the trail, but there was a, a little bear up there. He was friendly, just a black bear, just to let you know." And she kept going about her day. And we we oh stopped. And we're like, are we going to keep going here? Like, I don't. Yeah, I'm kind of good. Yeah, I've yeah. seen plenty of bears, but I don't want to run into one on a trail. Yeah, right. So, I don't. I don't play like that at all. I did a game in Montana, and uh, there was a there was a, a, a was a brown bear alert. There's a brown bear alert. That's a grizzly bear. Yeah, a, a grizzly bear alert on campus, and I had to go through campus to get to the stadium, and they were like, um, you know, so my my. Uh, Play by play guy. He said, Hey man, let's just walk. You know, I said, Hey dog, there's a grizzly bear. There's been a grizzly bear sighting today on campus. And we got to go through campus to get it. He said, Oh man, we're not going to see him. I said, I know we're not going to see him. Well, I'm not going to see him because yeah, I'm like, driving. I'm <laughs> not. Yeah. Right. I'm driving, yeah. but it's just a mile away. Yeah. I'm, I'm driving. Okay. I say, That's one thing. That's one thing about bears. If you could totally avoid them, you do. You just don't work. Especially those grizzlies, man. They're nothing to play with. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Uh, that's for sure. Um, all right, Dave. So we're getting close, man. We're a week away here uh, from camp. You put a list out today, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, of vets on the bubble, okay? And, you know, some, like Arthago Whiteside, I'm, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you there that, you know, he's he's in some trouble here. There were a couple names, though, that jumped out at me. Um, and and it's I, I think a lot of it is just, it's good. It's a numbers thing, and the Eagles have some depth, but Sua Opeda and Kayvon Wallace. Like, I'll get into Jalen Rager, but Sua Opeda and Kayvon Wallace were interesting to me. Uh, guys who I think can play or maybe have potential to play. Are both of those legitimately in, 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 you know, real danger, you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if I had to guess, I, I'd 
kind of lean toward them being on the roster, especially Sua Opeta, who, uh, look, when they got him in 2019 from, from Weaver, he, he was really raw. He, you know, they, they had to do a lot of work with him, and they did, and they've gotten him to the point where he's a viable backup. But even after Nate Herbert leaves, like, they just have so much depth there yeah, when you yeah. look at, um, like, Jack Driscoll, if they, they like him inside and outside. So depending on how the tackle situation shakes out, he could be their top interior backup if Isaac Samalu wins that right guard job. And they have so many younger players that we don't know about. I mean, Coyote Awasika oh, from Buffalo. Yeah, that, you're a lot big of on promise. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so they have these guys. They they have a couple undrafted kids uh, who they seem to like quite a bit. They paid quite a bit of money to William Dunkel and, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Joshua Sills, I think. Uh, so they have some younger players that could push for that spot. I, I think Sue is going to be on the team, but – you know, it, it's not a definite. And then with Kayvon, um, the Tart signing didn't help him. Yeah. You know, because you figure that the top three safeties now, and these, and that's a, a battle to watch in camp to see how that position ends up playing itself out and, and what the, the divvy up of playing time is going to be there. But you have Anthony Harris, you have Marcus Epps, and you have Jaquiski Tart. So they'll probably keep four safeties. Who's that fourth safety? Is it going to be Kayvon Wallace? Maybe. But what if they want to keep Andre Sachere, who's a better special teamer and proved himself to be a pretty good gunner last year? I don't think that spot is completely solidified. He's kind of like Sua, where I think he's on the bubble leaning toward in, but things can change, and he's got to stay healthy. Kayvon's had some chances to play on defense for this team. Even last year, they, tried, last to year, give him, yeah. they tried to play him ahead of Marcus Epps. They did, and he got it's hurt. It's not in a position play. of great strength. You, you know what I mean? You, you'd like to see somebody succeed there and step yeah, up. Yeah, and I was a big Kayvon guy. When they drafted him in the fourth round, Same. I thought I thought that was a heck of a steal. I, I watched him a lot at Clemson, and I thought, all right, he, 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 the, uh, the Doc comparisons are going to be unfair because they both went to Clemson. But oh, he was a really good player. He was a guy coming out in that class where I thought they got him much later than he should have gone, and, and his career just hasn't quite worked out the way I thought it would. Uh, but it really starts with him staying healthy. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Well, that's the problem, man. Health is a, a huge, huge factor in that. But, you know, looking at that list, man, and seeing guys on there like J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, you know, is this a product of, of how we drafting better? Or is this a product of those guys just not being able to make it happen? Uh, honestly, it's more product of those guys not being able to make it happen because if those guys and, and look, I, I feel like we've gotten to the point now where it's almost like piling on with J. John. Right, you, you, you hate to you hate to even talk about. It. I try to. Get it, you to I, talk it's about like we things, know right? we know the situation, right? We know they haven't been good picks. We know they're not good receivers in the NFL. Um, at, that's just at, maybe they'll change that, but right now where we sit right now, I, they're just they haven't been good NFL players. And it has forced the Eagles to go elsewhere to get the receivers. If if Jaw and Rager look like studs, they don't draft Devontae Smith. They don't go out and trade for A.J. Brown. They don't have to use those resources elsewhere. Uh, and now you're at the point with Jaw where his contract won't save him. You know, Rager, the contract could still save him a little bit because he'd cost more in dead money if they cut him than if they keep him. So financially, it makes more sense to keep him around as a fifth receiver. That's kind of what J.J. had going for him last year. Well, that's out of the way in the fourth year of that rookie contract. They can cut him, save some cap room. He, he's got an uphill battle, 
changing positions going to a tight end. I understand why he did it. I understand why the Eagles wanted him to do it, but uh, I have a real hard time. When we're talking about bubble players, he's really leaning off the bubble the other way, whereas Rager's probably leaning in to being on the roster. He's probably the fifth receiver right now, but no guarantees. If they're in camp this year and he gets outplayed by Brayton Covey or or Devin Allen or John Hightower, whoever it is, if he severely gets outplayed, they're going to have a hard time justifying keeping him over those guys despite the contract. Yeah, it's tight, Dave. I mean, you know, you look at this and you look at the depth chart. There's like there's a few that are locks. Obviously, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Zach Pascal. You don't make the trade, you know, to bring him in in a system that he's familiar with, with coaches that love him if he's not here. So, and, you know, Quez Watkins, you're at four right there. And then it's a bunch of guys really battling for that next spot. I guess you could justify Covey, Covey because he's a returner. Right. I mean, and maybe put him in almost a special category, if yep. you will. But man, that's a, that's a, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you, by the way. I think Reger makes it, but it is, there's a, there's going to be some quality guys that, that are showing the door here. Yeah. And the one we haven't talked about is Greg Ward, who right. I, he, he's meant a lot to this team. He had 53 catches a couple years ago, but the roster's just that much better right now. You know, a few years ago, they needed him to have that big of a role. And we saw the writing on the wall a little bit last year with how much his role was reduced. I still think he's an NFL player. I mean, I, I don't think he'll he's, catch up with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's a star, but, you know, he, he can play in this league. He's proven that. So when you're talking about him not making the team, you're like, all right, that's because they have pretty good depth. Those top four, that's a pretty good. Yeah, four receivers there. When you go AJ Brown, Devontae right. Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Pascal, that's good and that's deep. And then that's what is the nice thing about that depth because Jalen Rager as your five sounds a lot better than Jalen Rager as your two, which is what they went into last season with. Amen. You know, I um, I I really didn't think that Tui Polupu, I think that's how you say his name, Marlon. Um, Tui Polupu. I didn't think he was going to make the squad last year, but he did. Mm-hmm. What do you think the chances are he makes the squad this year? It's it's tougher because they added Jordan Davis, and now you, the, the, those you talk about four deep. That defensive tackle spot is four deep. You have Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, and Milton Williams. They might only keep four. Yeah, yeah. So I, right away you're you're at a disadvantage, and if they keep five, there's no guarantee it's going to be two of below two. They just they like Marvin Wilson. Marvin Wilson, the Florida State kid who was thought to be a draft pick, went undrafted, went to Cleveland last year. The Eagles were able to steal him away after final cuts. They put him on their practice squad all last year. I'm excited to see him in training camp. And then the the kid they just signed from Idaho, um, Noah Ellis. Um, yeah, I played with his pops. Yeah, Luther, yeah. Luther, Luther, yeah. Luther, yeah. No and relation, Luther, by the way. Casey, I know everybody was wondering that. You know, we're not related. <laughs> uh, Luther and Luther coached him at Idaho. Uh-huh. Um, He's a first but, round to Detroit Lions. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, but Noah Ellis, he, he was hurt in OTAs, so we'll see where he's at in training camp. But he really, if they're going to go more, you know, three four at times, he's kind of a prototypical nose tackle. I mean, he's he's big bodied. And if they're looking for that position, he fits that more than Tuipelotu, more than Marvin Wilson, uh, yeah. honestly, more than Milton Williams, who is going to be kind of a hybrid player, I'd imagine, in this defense because of the the multiple fronts and he can kind of play 
different spots, but it's it's a it's a really tight group there. Uh, the depth is is impressive, and and that's why a six round pick like Tua Pelotu from last year is firmly on the bubble. Dave, I'm, I'm, we don't talk about it much, but I'm glad you put him on the list. What's going to happen at punter? Because Sippo's stunk last year, frankly, and he got worse as the year, year yeah. went on. Yeah. yeah. And is there somebody else gonna, that's going to compete with him in camp here? Like, how is that going to work out? No. I mean, he's the only punter on the roster. So okay. unless they sign someone. But you have to remember, with kickers and punters, there's always a guy. There, there's always a guy. You're, I mean – a, a player and like Jake Elliott doesn't have to worry about it. He's coming off a Pro Bowl season and his contract saves him. A guy like Aaron Sipos, he's competing against every other available punter who's out there. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. if, if he goes to camp and doesn't perform well, there's nothing stopping the Eagles from holding a tryout, signing the best punter they bring in. And, and that's, that's always on the table. And so, while there's no direct competition in camp, and I think that with 90 spots on the roster, I think that would be a valuable use of a roster spot, honestly, mm-hmm. bringing in a punter for some competition, even if it just pushes the guy. Uh, he's not like some fragile rookie. I mean, this is, he's a 28-year-old guy. He can, If he can't handle a little competition in camp, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I think he is competing against everyone else who's available. And it's a, and, you, and the NFL teams know the punters. You'll see when a team needs a punter or a kicker, they bring in the same 10 guys. Yeah. They just cycle these guys through and they, everyone knows who they are. So that's a possibility. I think they'd like to keep him. I think they'd like to see him take a step because um, what really killed them at the end of last year were the shanks. He just yeah. had some awful shanks. He actually, you know, throughout that season he had some decent directional punting and that's honestly more important in today's nfl than just the boomers that flip the field um but he's got to be better and and they'll talk about his role in the field goal unit and that's important he's the holder and they really had something good going last year rick lovato him and jake elliott jake elliott was elliott was unbelievable unbelievable last year and i understand not wanting to throw that off, but that can't be the reason you keep him because he has a primary job. Absolutely. That's to be the punter. So it, there's a balance there. I, I think that that's part of the reason they'd like to see him succeed though. Mm-hmm. Muted there. First, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I couldn't believe that they let Cameron Johnson go. No, he was good. Yeah. You know, pro well, you know, at the, the time when they see he, the Eagles were interested in keeping him and then, they didn't. They they surprised themselves by the success they had last year. Honestly, they they looked at Cameron Johnston and said, "We want to keep him. Are we gonna?" I think he got three years, eleven mil, which pretty good money from for Houston. Really yeah. good money for a punter, and they and I don't know what why Houston was paying for a punter. Uh, well, they're Houston, Dave. Just yeah, just, I, just follow the uh, you know everything. Yeah, I, but but when the Eagles didn't match that offer, it was because they thought that's kind of a luxury position right? Yeah. for our team and the position we're in. When we have this really a first year quarterback, first year head coach, $34 they didn't think million gonna, still on the books. They didn't think they were going to be that good. Yeah. 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 You know, if, if they thought they were a playoff team, then maybe they would have invested that money and kept it's a great the point, but yeah. they didn't. Well, you yeah. know, also looking at, um, looking, looking at everything that's going on, man. Um, I love punter talk, by the way. Can't get we're enough. Training camp. Let's, we want to talk Rick Lovato. Talk long snapper. Yes. <laughs> no, we're gonna let's go. Let's go back to Rager. No, that's, okay. a, that's a staple now. But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Looking at everything that's going on, and do they have the luxury of letting go a guy like Jalen Rager? 
and JJ Ortega Whiteside, and it you know not having repercussions and ramifications as with us the fans. They owe it to themselves to do whatever's best for the team, honestly. And and sometimes draft picks get protected. They do. We all know that, right? It, it matters where you get drafted. Every coach will say it doesn't matter, but then we see the rosters and we go, oh, that matters. And and the, <laughs> right. the higher you get picked, the more chances you get in the league. That's just the way it goes. Um, I'll tell you what, if one of those guys gets cut, they'll end up somewhere. Maybe not on a 53, but they'll they'll end up somewhere. I don't know. I a fiery phoenix rising through the ashes. <laughs> yeah, I at least with JJ, like we've seen some glimpses in training camp. Yeah. Rager, like Rager's numbers have been better in the season. He's put up better numbers, but they've also made him a focal point of the offense. A lot of targets. And, and they, they just can't do that again. I I wouldn't be opposed to him being on the roster as the fifth guy. The problem with these two also is like they've had good training camps before. Rager's been a little up and down in training camp, but he's made some spectacular plays. He's teased us all with, you know, this time last year, we're <laughs> a little bit less than this time last year. We saw him make those one-handed catches in the end zone and everyone, oh, okay, maybe, maybe year two is the year for him and it didn't work out that way. So it's not like even if these guys have great training camps, no fans are going to think, okay, they're, they've turned the corner. Cause we've seen that before we we've watched this movie and we know how it ends. So um, I don't even know if it's a luxury of being able to cut them. I just think that they're better. They're better at the, those spots right now. Um, if they cut Rager, it's because he got outplayed in camp by take your pick. Those guys we mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of receivers on this roster. He'll need to get outplayed. And it'll have to be pretty obvious. Yeah. Whereas J-Jaw, man, he's going to have to really show something to make this team because you have Dallas Goddard, you have Jack Stoll, who's the incumbent number two. You just drafted Grant Capitera, who's a better pass catcher. You have Tyree Jackson. He's probably going to end up on the pup list, so you don't have to worry about that right now. But is J-Jaw going to outplay Jack Stoll or Grant Capitera, guys who have played the position for a long time? No. Probably not. Absolutely not. Uh, let, let me ask you, David, we have a great question from, from Adam in our chat section. There's a lot of noise and smoke around Jesse Bates. The, the, the Bengals say apparently he's unhappy. He won't, he won't report uh, with the franchise tag, et cetera. Eagles have done a lot. How he's been very aggressive. Is this still a possibility or is this a real long shot? Uh, based on the Bengals history, I mean, they're not a team that generally gives in. Mm. You know, I mean, they don't want to trade him. He's he's one of their best players. They're a team that just went to the Super Bowl, and he was a big part of that. So uh, they're going to exhaust everything they possibly can to make sure he's out there playing for them week one. Uh, we do know also that Howie Roseman will take a look around the league, and, and it's his job, and it's it's their staff's job to know when there's a way they could possibly steal a player. And when I say steal, it's not really steal because you're going to have to give up a ton. But when if you can pry away a player in a situation that's not going well for them, kind of like A.J. Brown, right? He's Or Darius Slay. Like, he's found these kinds of trades before. It's just with this particular player and that team, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm calling his bluff a little bit. I want to see if this guy shows up because that's a Super Bowl team. And they're going to – Trading away for draft picks? 
why make them play try to make them play that's i think that's uh, that it could be quite a stare down in cincinnati interesting and, and by the way gr- great job color coordinating the shirt and the paint on, on the wall. you know i didn't i'm almost like blending into the background here yeah i mean it's, I just it's, like a floating head but it's borderline amazing i mean it, it's great work out of you did um, your colleague wrote about nick sirianni ruben uh today for the site and it's one of the things i wanted to ask you about anyway um you know, a, a really a, an interesting first year, you know, I mean, he comes in, he's nobody really is that familiar with them. They start off slowly. They get it together. There's some things people look at as being a little bit of, you know, kind of hokey, maybe I, you know, whatever. I don't care as long as the players well, buy they, in. Well, if it is hokey, it doesn't mean it doesn't work. I agree. And, yeah. and where he really got the buy-in was from the vets in particular, which stood out to me. Of course, if you're a rookie, yeah, yeah coach, whatever you say, <laughs> but the older guys really bought in too. What's your sense of him now with a year under his belt going into year two? I was impressed by him last year. And look, hokey's not a bad thing. Doug Peterson was pretty hokey. Want some ice cream? Like that. Right. Doug Peterson, I mean, that, he was kind yeah. of goofy too. Mm-hmm. And it worked out. They won Super Bowl. So um, I think what strikes me about Nick Sirianni is how authentic he is. Yes. He, of all the head coaches I've covered, he's the most normal dude. Like he's the most like – unassuming guy like you could grab a beer with that guy and not think twice about it right mm-hmm. and i yeah. think that's it does that part of it comes naturally to him and i think that um his players appreciate it you know they they kind of see him as a normal guy and it really he started to impress me over a year ago he was early on that job and they were trying to figure out otas that was the first sign and i was like okay this guy kind of gets it when he he met with a group of his veterans they came in because you guys probably remember last year, the NFLPA kind of pushed the teams to say, hey, we're not going to the OTAs, given all all, all the, the COVID cases and the the fear of safety. And uh, Nick Sirianni sat down with some veterans and they figured out a way to at least get them in the building and, and do a little something. And that was the first time I thought, OK, this guy understands it. He's a player's coach. But he's not a pushover either. And I think that's really important. And when you're a player's coach, you right. can't be a pushover. And there's a very fine line. I've seen him ream out players yep. on the field. And it and I, I think sometimes that's what people don't realize. It's that no coach can be one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. And I always like I go back to Bill Belichick because um, and I'm off on a tangent here, but you have to take this ride. We love tangents. Bit. We're all about uh, <laughs> Bill Belichick is known as this like tough nose, hard guy. Right. Yeah. But he has moments of tenderness. And I think we're all the, all the assistants that he's had that have gone elsewhere to fail. Haven't understood that they've taken all the hard nose and none of the soft tender moments. And you can't do that. And, and Nick Sirianni is kind of the opposite of that. He's the tender guy. He's he's connection, connection, connection. But he'll also chew you out if that 10-yard out became a 9-yard out. You know, it, it, those are the things that are important for a coach when he's a player's coach to still have the authority and the heavy hand when he needs it. And he's, he's shown uh, the understanding there of what his players need when they need it. And I was impressed by that more than anything last year, honestly. It was just uh, how he connected with his players. And it's, I gosh, every time he starts talking about his core values, you can see me kind of slump. Oh, here he goes again. But <laughs> that consistency matters too. Um, yep. 
everything he says, he says for a reason that's very thought out. And his players really like him. They play hard for him. So I was impressed by him his first year. And another part of what impressed me was, honestly, uh, how humble he was. The, the well, humility for an yeah. NFL head coach is sometimes not there. He showed it a few different times, um, most notably handing over play calling to Shane Steichen, yep. which some people might view as a negative. I viewed it as a positive that this guy said, hey, this isn't working. Right. I didn't and, and also, and also, I think it kind of coincided with them becoming a heavy run team. Any head coach that says it's not about me, it's about whatever works for the team, and if I'm not doing the best job I need to do, let's hand it off and I'll work on other stuff. That impressed me, and um, we'll see where that goes. I don't know the the long term goals for him as a offensive coach. Does he want to be the play caller at some point again? You would think, but. Uh, right now, I, I've been impressed by him giving that up. Yeah, you you look at um, you look at Sirianni, and he no longer has you know, go out and give the you know the, the 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 flowers and that type of speech already because he's already laid the roots. The players love that; they understand that. And you know, the stream hits right on the head. You know, remember last year with Barnett, and he had an unsportsmanlike, and he turned around and he said, and they saw it, and they, you could see him say it. That kid, what do you say? That kid, um, he's it's always, always him. It's, it's always, always him. him. Yeah, it's always him. Yeah. But after it, they tried to, you know, as as you know, as we as the media try to say something about it. He's like, no, that's not what happened. You know, he he covered it for his guy. Yeah. And you want a coach like that, man. I had the same thing with BC. Bill Cowers the same way. Everybody thought everybody thought he was this hard-nosed coach, you know, big chins, spitting every time he says something to you. He may have been like that during games and he had that persona, but on the field. He was the greatest guy in the world. He used to come in on Fridays and 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 come in and, and, and play linebacker against the defense. And we would light his ass up out there. <laughs> we didn't have any pads on, but every time we could take a shot at him, we would give it to him yeah. every single time. But that's the type of coach he was. He You wanted to be around him. I no see doubt. Nick going in that same direction, that same yeah. direction. Absolutely. Dave, Dave, listen, man, we love your coverage. You can't wait to get it cranked up this, uh, this upcoming week. Enjoy the last – week of your sanity before it gets nuts but uh i see i see you tonight well i see you tonight no no still I'm, on vacation? Uh, no i'm working i'm just not on the show i i, I think i'm co-hosting thursday and friday yeah i'm gone yeah 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 yeah, I'm, yeah i'm filling in for you big shoes yeah dave's literally in one of barrett's shoes when he does this I, show. We got, <laughs> we're down in your top 25 list we're down in number four uh five four three okay. two one so yeah, yeah, we're, we're almost down. done. Most important players. A.J. Brown's number four, by the way. All right. Yeah, we'll check that Brown. out. Yeah, Dave, appreciate it, man. NBC Sports Philadelphia, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com as well. Dave Zingaro. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate All it. A couple right, thanks, minutes, guys. Man. See you. All right, you got it. Let's get a quickie here. We'll come back. Ben Davis is going to be joining us. We'll get a little Phillies overview and look forward as well to the second half of the season. A little later, more NFL stuff. Barrett and I are going to dive into a bunch of things with the NFL, including – Teams who haven't won a Super Bowl, you want to see best receivers all in, in the game, you name it. And the announcement is still coming. We promise you, folks, don't go anywhere. Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let me tell you about ProAction Restoration. You got a home, you got a business, you got a property, you've had water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, and you don't know who to turn to. I got the people for you because ProAction is on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I've gone through it. They came out, they assisted me and my family and did an unbelievable job, cleaned the place up. The crew was professional. 
the price was reasonable. Every box checked off. Their license bonded fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company as well. So that could be enormous. Water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. That's 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Sports Take, and we are Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, so we do have the uh, the big announcement before we get to Ben up here. We're going to pull Ben Davis right up. But uh, how about this lineup for the post game show? Uh, Eagles post game, Barrett. 
right here on uh, Jacob Sports Media. Derek Gunn, our buddy, Mike Missinelli, Seth Joyner, and Devin Caney. How about that foursome right there on the Eagles postgame show right here Heavy on hitters, Jacob man. Sports Media? That, Missinelli, Gunn, Joyner, Caney. Boom. That is huge. And I think Tone actually might uh, might have a little uh, – a little pick for that to bring it up. Tone, if you got it, man, fire away, brother. Let's see this thing. Let's take a look at this, and we'll get Ben up here right away. But look, there you go. So you see Seth, you see Mike, you see Devin, and you see our man Gunner right there, Jacob Sports, Jacob Postgame Show, uh, immediately following the Eagles game. So congratulations to everybody involved in the Eagles postgame show. Uh, awesome stuff, awesome stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Tone, for getting that. that I, I, I know Devin. But I've never, I've never really worked with her. I worked Devin's with her great. We worked with her on the draft show. I, I yeah. actually, yeah, she did a really good job, man. Really good. But, job. but I'm telling you about the other three. Tone, that's three. good, man. You can take it down, brother. Thank you. Those yeah. are three of the most opinionated people I've ever met in my life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's gonna be awesome. We'll get a little bit more into that in a second. But we got our man on standby. He's ready to roll. He was kind enough to give us a couple minutes, even on his off week. As he uh, as he tries to get some normalcy Yo! in here, he was on the long, you know, the previous trip, half of the trip, I guess. When did you hop out after Toronto, Ben? After Toronto, yeah, yeah, after Toronto, and I came home, and I was dreading coming home because my wife was telling me all these horror stories about how it's a terrible airport, how they lost luggage, how they uh, get flights canceled <laughs> or delayed. And Scott Franskin and I flew home. Actually, Dave Dombrowski was on the flight with us as well. We didn't have one issue. It was it was clear sailing. So it Beautiful, was. Uh, man. Okay. Yeah, it was nice getting back to the states, though. Now, what do you do? Uh, you know, obviously, it, it's a it's a long baseball season, man. But and you get a little bit of time to chill right now. What what's the, what's the just kick back a little bit, spend some time at home. What what are you doing this week? Well, uh, I just went over to my folks' house, uh, take them a few things, and I just got back, and I'm going to do some expense reports, and then the girls have uh, lacrosse tonight, and they also have basketball up at Perkiomen Valley High School. So I'll be driving up there. <laughs> And the boys, I don't know what they're going to be doing today. So it's okay. there's never an off day, really. I hear <laughs> you, man. Your off days are never off. They're just never. Days. All off yeah. days mean is that you're burning more diesel. That's all. Yeah, it really yeah. Means. No, 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 off days mean off days mean you you're doing stuff for free. That's what it means. Yeah, you're doing extra work. You're doing all the extra work, even more than you do when you're at work, but it's for free. That's or you're right. paying for it. You know, that's a valid point. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Ben, let, let's look at this because when you you guys departed from the great white north uh you know things were looking a little sketchy they had lost two in a row to, to close it out to st louis and then the two games in toronto of course they're short-handed which has to be taken into account but to their credit and this is really what we've seen from them since june man is this is a team that's got heart that has the ability to bounce back where in years past maybe they go into a tailspin and they close out the first half on a great note man yeah it was it was fun to watch and we know that the, the issues that they've had with the marlins in years past um but their pitching, it was just dominant. And it was nice to see the bats wake up, especially the way that second game, I believe it yeah. was. They scored yeah. 10 runs. Um, it was just fun to watch. You know, I got to tip my hat. And I did not see, I'll be the first one to tell you, I didn't see it coming with the starting pitching because it's really been the, the backbone of this team throughout the course of the year. And the way the bullpen has rebounded, they've been, they've been uh, really rock steady down there. Yeah. And, you know, they had the stuff. It was just a matter of them you know, not walking guys and, and letting runs up and keeping the ball in the yard. They've done all that. The pitching has been phenomenal. And obviously the bats, um, you know, they're missing some really key pieces right now, but the bats are, are keeping them afloat as well. 
No question. I, I, I Let's go to the bullpen because you, you brought it up and it was really, look, the last four or five years, man, it, it couldn't be worse. It couldn't have been worse. I mean, historically bad. Was this just a matter of they started pitching up to their potential, Ben? Was it getting comfortable in roles? It seems like Rob kind of more, you know, put them in, into roles as opposed to Joe sort of feeling his way through. I can't even kill Joe for it because guys weren't performing. But is that really all this comes down to? I mean, what do you attribute the success to? I, I attribute it to them trusting themselves a little bit more. And I had talked to Rob Thompson about this in, in St. Louis. And I said, Topper, you got to be happy with, the, the lack, I mean, there was a series against the Dodgers. I know they, they beat the Dodgers three out of four in LA early this year, right? But it was a four game series. They had 15 walks to the bullpen. 15. Oh. It can't happen. I mean, you're just asking for it. And it did, you know, they, they were able to skate by in that series. But I think they're starting to trust themselves and realize that, you know, Jose Alvarado, he realizes I throw 102 and I throw a 94 mile an hour slider slash cutter. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to hit the black on the plate. I, I can trust myself where I can trust my late movement. I don't have to be so fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they were in the beginning of the year, trying to be so fine. And that really got them into trouble when they get in the hitters counts or the walking guys. They're really trusting themselves now and realizing they don't have to be perfect. Hitting's too stinking hard to be perfect all the time. And I think they're realizing that. That's a good well, point. You, really you good look point. at, you know, you look at the young guys that they, they may have, trying to step up. You know, we talked about them earlier and, and how they, you know, in, in certain stints, you know, made big plays. Do they have enough as far as those young guys like the Barrelings? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to say Moniac. I mean, you know, just Derek Hall. Hall. Do they have enough to, to bridge until they get to next, I mean, get to next month? Or do I think they, they do. Um, I, I think that the, some of these younger guys, uh, you know, Derek Hall's been, he's been steady. Um, Veerling's been steady. He's playing a, a very good center field. Bryson Stott's starting to swing the bat a lot better. He looks a lot better. I love um, his defense. Second base, he's doing great. He's doing phenomenal. And, you know, we got to see him play in spring training the last couple of years. I didn't realize he was this good defensively. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize his arm was this good. He's thrown some some balls to, to different bases, and I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? Because, you know, we see him in, in little, little pieces in spring training. But now he's playing every day. We get to see the full side of him. Um, so, yeah, I think they're starting to get a little bit more comfortable. They're, they're, they've been a heck of a lot better with two strikes. Um, that The two-strike approach that Bryson Stott has, I mean, he, he's been phenomenal. Uh, he kind of adopted that from Bryce Harper with the no stride. So these guys, I, th- I think, are starting to be a little bit more comfortable. And when they do get Segura back, I know he was down in Florida working out, so that's a very good sign. Uh, he's going to be a huge addition back to the ball club. And who knows what the heck's going to happen with Harper, um, if he's going to be able to come back and, and be the guy. Um you know, that's yet to be determined, I, you know, with the thumb, it's, anything with the hands, I'm always skeptical about because use your hands to hit with. And, um, you know, they're pretty devastating injuries. Uh, the other thing, just to pick up on Stott, he's got a really high baseball IQ, Ben. I mean, yeah. you see it in a, it, in a lot of different ways. It manifests itself. I remember the play where he, I think it was in St. Louis. Yes. He covers first because Knable didn't run over there because Knable was thinking they, they were going to go home with it. And the, the base runner froze. You were doing that game, I believe. Yes. Uh, that was a, that's a thinking man's play that he made there for a young dude. Yeah. It's, it's very, the baseball instinct and, you know, you probably get tired of hearing the term he's a baseball player. What does that really mean? It means that you have the instincts, you have the, that, that, not that, that sixth sense of where you need to be on a diamond. Uh, something like Gene Segura. It seems like he always has a, a place to be. And again, I asked Rob Thompson after the, that play the next day, 
And he said, he plays like he's a 20 year vet. He's always looking, he's always watching the game. He's always looking for different things where he can get some type of advantage defensively. And I, you know, that goes a long way. And just watching the game, the, the game will tell you how it needs to be played if you watch it the right way. And he's got those instincts and you just, you can't teach that kind of thing. You either have it in you or you don't. I tell all the people all the time, like, you know, one of my favorite stories is about Paul Kanark, who I played with in Chicago. That guy didn't have one athletic bone in his body. And, you know, Paul would be the first <laughs> one to tell you that. But he was just a baseball player. The dude's a borderline Hall of Famer. He's close to 500 home runs. You know, he's like, he just made himself in a good base runner or, or a good base runner. He knew when to take the extra base. He wasn't fast, but he knew he studied the game, what arms were in the outfield, things like that. And that's the kind of stuff that's just in you somehow, some way. Yeah, you look at um guys that are supposed to have a you know total package as far as hitting the ball that still haven't stepped up. I mean, is, is Nick ever going to show up? I mean, I, I've, I've lost faith. I mean, he's been consistently as a as a um, not, what, what would you even call him? You know, we brought him in to be a a, a power hitter, but he has done none of that. You know, I guess he's been consistent. You know, a a, a double here, or, you know, what I'm saying. I mean, he's been consistently hitting us at the double plays as opposed to anything. Yeah. His swing rate is like, I want to say it's close to like 85% or something like that. It's, it's crazy. Um, I know his first pitch swing rates like it's 74%. He's just not seeing a whole lot of pitches right now. Um, you know, they didn't pay him to be a 250 hitter and hit 12 home runs. They, they just didn't pay him all that money and sign a five-year deal for him to be that, you know, he has been consistent with getting some hits, but it's, it's just a single here, a single there. And Rob Thompson said, listen, I, I'm looking for that slugging percentage. I, it's got to go up. We need it to go up. And Nick will be the first one to tell you that he's not where he wants to be right now. He hasn't been there the entire year. It's almost like he's, I mean, it's no no wonder how they're getting him out. And it's just they're spinning baseballs down and away, and he keeps swinging at them. You know, it's just like that's his kryptonite, and he's done it the whole year. It's like he's not trusting himself to go to right field, and that's something that's been his M.O. throughout his whole career. He's a guy that drives the ball to right field or right center. He can go out to right field. But now he just seems like he's pulling off everything and, and you know, not trusting himself to go that way. Ben, you have access that a lot of us and fans don't have to Rob Thompson. He seems like a pretty mellow dude on, on the surface. And obviously they've had unbelievable success since he took over. What's he like? I mean, what, why has this worked so well for these players with him in general as their manager? Well, I think because after the game, you don't know – when you talk to Rob Thompson, you don't know if he won the game 10, nothing, or he lost the game 10, nothing. Mm. And I think that's where his professionalism comes in. I got to know Rob back in, in 2006 and 2007, when I was in camp with the, with the New York Yankees and, and the way he handled uh, the way he ran camp, the way he handled the players, he was very professional. Uh, again, he was just as even keel as you can imagine. He, he guaranteed, he just he, he was very professional about the way he went about things. And he's mm -hmm. no different the way he is as a as a manager. And I think the players kind of feed off that. I, I don't know. And I love Joe Girardi. He and I had a great rapport. We played against each other for crying out loud years ago. But it just seems like the players, you know, for lack of a better word, are happier. If, mm -hmm. Is that does that make sense? <laughs> it you, makes you a hell of a lot of sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, like they're all in the top step. They have smiles on their faces. It seems like they're having more fun. And let's, let's face it, it's a game. They're playing a game, mm -hmm. and baseball is a game. I know they get paid a lot of money, and there's all different kinds of things going on, but it is still is a game, and it seems like they're having more fun playing. And Rob Thompson, I think, brings that. Um, they have a great coaching staff. All the guys are 
they work their tails off how hard this coaching staff works. And no one does it, you know, better than Rob Thompson. I mean, in spring training, he gets to the field like at 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so, you know, no one can ever beat him to the field, that's for sure. And he just – he lives and breathes it, and I think that the players kind of feed off that. Yeah, I've had wow. that situation before also. You know, I, I played with a guy um, and I played for a guy in the head coach, Bobby Ross, and he had just lost the team. No matter what he said, the players didn't care about it. The message was was always lost in transition. I mean, he'd tell a guy something, they wouldn't believe him, and then the thing he told him wouldn't be true. So he just lost the team. Um, later on, uh, Gary Mueller, he, he, he quit. Ross actually quit and Gary Mueller came in and, you know, changed the whole mindset, the whole team, everybody gravitated towards a man. And I see the same thing happening with this team. You know, I mean, that I never feel I never feel as though, or get a sense that we're out of the game. Man. Yeah. You know, and, I, and that's the difference between if, if they're, if I'm seeing it and I'm feeling it, I bet you they feel the same way. Yeah. It's just so much like that. Like the trust factor went up to a whole new different level. And again, I love Joe Girardi. I think that a lot of the players like them. But it just seems like a different vibe in that clubhouse. So, Ben, looking at, you know, let's project a little bit as, as you move forward. Yeah, they move forward here. They're they're essentially tied for that last wild card spot, which they hold the advantage over St. Louis. It actually worked out pretty well. St. Louis, Milwaukee, I believe they have advantages over both of those teams. But as you look at this thing going forward, how sustainable is the climb to success? I mean, you're hoping you're going to get Segura back pretty soon. Harper, after that, you know, we'll see. Eflin, it's very much up in the air right now. They yeah. got Suarez back. What, what And trade deadline's coming up August 2nd. How's this looking for you as we, we go forward here? Well, I, I like it because, and again, you, I don't want to get too wrapped up in the schedule, but mm-hmm. it is a very favorable schedule that the Phillies have. I, I want to say it might be one of the easiest in, easiest in baseball uh, moving forward. They play the Nationals a bunch more times. Um, you know, they just handled the Miami. But it is, they do have a couple, a lot of games left to live with Atlanta. I just look at the central is, eh. and I know it's yeah. baseball and anything can happen, but I just looked at that lineup for the, for the Cardinals. And I know they're missing some pieces, but there was one game where the bottom four guys in that lineup were all hitting on 179 or lower. <laughs> I'm like, I looked yeah. at Tom, I go, what is, what is this? That's you where know? we're going now. I know. I don't, I don't understand it. And the Brewers the same way. I, I look at a lineup that's just not, you know, I think if you pitch the baseball, you know, effectively, I think you can handle both those teams. And if, you know, they hold the tiebreaker, I just see the Phillies continue to get better. I think they're they're starting to really figure out who they are individually. And, you know, I just think that it's it's in their favor for sure with the schedule. And the other teams I just don't think are that good. And I, I could be wrong. I know that they what we just went into St. Louis and, you know, lost two, two out of four. Yep. But they were very winnable games and it hit or there in a different situation. It would have been a whole lot different. I just look at those teams as kind of, eh. So, so what's our absolute need going into trade deadline? What, what would you do in a trade deadline? Well, I think you need a starting pitcher and I, you know, I think maybe a, maybe a center fielder and I love Matt Veerling, uh and he's been pretty good hold for the Phillies right now, but I think they just need a little bit more production. I mean, if they get any kind of, slugging out of Nick Cassianos, it's almost going to be like adding a player, yeah. you know, if they can get any kind of major production out of him. Um, Schwarber's going to continue to be himself. He's going to hit a lot of home runs. He's going to strike out a lot. Hoskins has been pretty consistent. Um, you know, he's a guy that's been up and down, um, but I think he's been pretty darn consistent throughout the course of the year. I'd like to see him get a center fielder and another starting pitcher. 
Ben, I got to ask you about the uh, the All Star game tonight, and, and let, I'm going to go back to the Derby last night. We saw two guys who were in the championship, the final round, whatever you want to call it, combined 44 years old, the two of them, uh, yeah. between Julio Rodriguez and and Juan Soto. Man, they, that was quite a display from. Uh, I guess you know what? In fairness, Pools put on a pretty decent one for a 42 year old, a guy who's almost their age combined. But what did you think about what you saw last night, Schwarber's performance, et cetera? Well, I think that's something. I think that in the great game of baseball, I think that we're very fortunate as fans. You know, I look at myself as a fan first and foremost, Mm -hmm. that we have a lot of really good talent, young talent in this game. And I think they're only going to take the game to a higher level. I mean, unfortunately you have someone like Mike Trout, who's still fairly young, but he's, you know, injured, not going to be able to play. Mm -hmm. Harper's not going to be able to play tonight. Uh, But you got guys like Otani, who's a, He's a unicorn. I mean, this guy's it's unbelievable. Right. <laughs> um, we have a lot of, you know, Tatis Jr. hasn't played an inning all year, but he's still one of the uh, Acuna. There's so many young guys in this league that are not just good. They're like the best in the game. And I think that's one thing I think that this game really has on its side to keep the youth, the viewership, the youth, uh, you know, these younger people watching. Um, but what they did last night in that home run derby, I mean, that place looked like an airport last night. I mean, balls are just flying out of there. Um, and they're hitting, I mean, they're just moonshots. People don't realize how exhausting that is. I mean, it's like a cardio workout and these guys get done and they can't even breathe. Um, Schwarber, um, I don't know what happened there. I, I don't know. I know they miscounted his, his number. But- uh, yeah. There's debate whether they miscounted or they some people thought the fix was in, you know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. He just didn't seem like there was a whole sense of a lot of urgency there. He looked tired against me, Albert. Man. He looked a little tired. And, I, yeah, some people think he just kind of threw it so Albert could win it. I don't know. That's what it kind of looked like to me. And, you know, I'm sure he'll say he didn't. But, yeah. I mean, the optics were not there. <laughs> yeah, he didn't look like the dude we've seen for the last uh, month and a half. That's no. for sure. No. Uh, and we watch him hit early. Like, we're on the road. Sometimes we'll go and we'll shag early and – I mean, what he does in, in batting practice, he can go anywhere he wants in any ballpark. And it just didn't seem like he had that same sense of it last night. I don't Bro, know. I, I went in and, and played softball, and we had a softball home run derby. And I hit 10 balls, and I felt like I was in a major fight, man. I was exhausted. I was like, yo, I, can, I can't play baseball anymore. I used to think I could pride myself as a, a, a multidimensional athlete. I could play Anywhere, anytime, anything, and I came to reality. I just yeah. don't have any of that, bro. Oh, I was so this, tired, man. I was ready to go home and go to sleep, bro. It's a sad reality, isn't it? Uh, yeah, bro. Man, Mother Nature. I mean, not Mother Nature, but Father, Father Time, time is, is caught up with us all, I believe. Yeah, he, Those birth certificates don't lie, do they? No. Right. He's undefeated. He is undefeated. Last one, man. Speaking of that, and not necessarily, I don't mean now with the old men that we are, but like, what, what was your, did you have like an aha moment when you either got to pro ball or the major league level, like kind of like what you're talking about with these guys, what they could do with BP, what they were doing last night, where you were like, whoa, I'm not in Kansas anymore. I'm not, I'm not in, you know, Aston anymore. Was there a moment like that for you? Yeah. I think when I got to the big leagues, um, certain guys that we played against, like Ken Griffey Jr. or Mark McGuire, like when they swung the bat and you heard, like when you heard that bat come through the zone, you're like, Whoa, oh my God, we're not playing, playing Penn Charter anymore. You know? Um, there was some, some these guys, the guys, and because I never really filled out till I was, you know, older. I mean, I graduated high school with like 6'2, 170, right? And it took me a while to put weight on and to, and to get a little bit bigger. 
And man, I wish you had that problem now. But um, <laughs> you, you look at some of these done. guys, and like I got to the big leagues, I'm like, and I was again a fan, but now I'm supposed to compete against these guys. And it's like, you know, you face the Dodgers, you got you know, Mike Piazza and Eric Harris and Raul Mondesi, and then you, you go to the, all these different guys, and it's just like, man, this is it was really cool. And then you're like, wait, I'm on the same field as these guys. I can handle my own. I'm, I'm here for a reason. I right. did the things at the minor leagues to get myself in the, put myself in this position. I'm here and I'm actually having a little bit of success. So that kind of went away a little bit. I think it was still there uh, for all the years I played, you know, and even I get traded to Seattle. I'm like, man, I'm, I, my locker partner is, is Ichiro Suzuki. Wow. You know, right. it's like one of those things. I know we're on the same team. But yet you're still, and I'm sure Barrett had the, these kind of same things with guys that he played with or against. Um, but it, I think it was just, you know, you get called up and you're like, man, you know, you add that third deck on the stadium and there's 40,000 people there instead of 5,000 at a minor league game. Right. Um, all these things kind of factor into it and you make it realize how lucky you are to be there and, you know, to cherish it as much as you can. Very cool. Very cool. All right. When do we see you again, Ben? Are you, what are you doing? Uh, you, got, you got anything going on for the Cubs series when they start back up? Well, two out of those three games, or I think one's an Apple TV. Or oh, one's Peacock, Peacock or one's something. Apple. Yeah. So the only one we're broadcasting is on Saturday night. So I'm, I'll be doing pre and post for that. Okay. Cool. All right. Looking forward to it. Listen, yeah. man, thanks for taking a couple minutes uh, on your, your off week. We appreciate it. And uh, enjoy, rest up, and we'll see you soon, Ben. Thanks. Sounds man. good, guys. Thanks Have for having me. Bro. All right. You got it. That is Ben Davis. Well, that's what I love about Ben Barrett, is he is. Even though he played, he was a second overall pick, man. That's a right, big deal. Right, right, and, right. and played at the big league level for for a while. He is very much like the common man. And I mean that in a good way. Like he is a fan. He is a guy who kind of gets it and, and and looks at it through the you know the different prisms. And that's I think that's pretty cool that he's able to do that, man. That it, didn't, it is, man. Because I mean, yeah. he he brought some things up, man. I thought to myself, wow. Because I remember when it all came to you know came to be, and I really like, well, I'm about to make this happen. Is when I looked and I'm sitting in a huddle. And it's the first game we're playing against Tampa. Okay. Your rookie look, year? Yeah. yeah, my rookie year. And I look across, and I, right next to me, there is Randall Cunningham sitting right next to me. I look straight across. I got Ricky Waters in the same huddle as me. I look oh. on the side of me. I got Guy McIntyre. And on the side of him, I got Riley McKenzie, one of the original hogs. I look across the way, and I look over there, and I see Hardy Nickerson. Oof. I'm like, yo, it's about to go down. I am playing – Against the elite, elite, best you know in the world. You're playing against the best people in the world at what they do. Unbelievable experience, man. So I mean, I, I tell people all the time. I, I, I wish I would have really understood and maximized my my potential while I was there. You know, I mean, even as far as getting autographs, I can remember my last two years. I really thought about like, man, I should get autographs. And then I went up to Jerry Rice and said, "Hey, man, can I take a picture?" He said, "I ain't got time." And then I got back to reality, like, you know what? F him, the horse he rode in on, and anybody else I think I'm going to take a picture with. I ain't, I ain't take a picture with nobody. It brought uh, me back to reality. But, you know, just, you know, the sense of, all right, I played against the best player to ever play the game, and that's Mr. White. I played against Charles Haley. I, I mean, I, I blocked Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. I've, I've, I've done all that. I played against Hall of Famers, Chris Dolman. I mean, you name it, I played against them, and I was on the same field as they were on. Right. And, you know, it, it you know, it's it, to me, it was just it was it just blew by 12 years, just blew by, you know. Crazy. Did you last one on this? Did you do you feel like you soaked it in enough or was it so much like 
I got to be ready. I got to be on point. I got to know the plays. I got to like, was it hard to sort of look around and smell the roses? Like, damn, this is pretty cool. Or did, did, were you able to do that? It wasn't until my last, like I said, my last two years that it really soak in. Okay. And I knew I had to be ready because I mean, I, I, I was coming off the bench then. Right. But I'm sitting there and, and, and I mean, I, I'm playing, I won the Super Bowl, you know, the year before I retired. And I took that whole, I made sure I took that whole year in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know we were going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I just took it all in. Jerome Bettis's last year. Right. Um, you know, Heinz Ward, playing with Heinz Ward. Uh, Alan Fanica, you know, potential, just like he's, we were saying, uh, JP would be a Hall of Famer, you know, he's mm-hmm. potentially a Hall of Famer. Jason Peters. Yeah. Same thing with Alan Fanica. We knew Alan Fanica was going to be a Hall of Famer. I knew that, um, you know, Jerome Bettis was going to be a Hall of Famer, you know, just knowing those guys. I'm like man this is this is incredible this is an unbelievable experience you know so i mean that's that's i, I did take it all that in that's awesome um, you know but it, it was incredible man you know being able to be out there and see all that good good all right all right let's uh let's step aside we come back barrett we're gonna we're gonna continue with the eagles talk we'll dive a little bit more into our big announcement as well we get a lot more to do a little later we're going to get into teams that have not won a super bowl who we feel like are most deserving i thought it was a kind of an interesting topic there and we'll get in when we get back actually we'll get into the wide receivers too who the who the top ones are in the nfl a lot more to do don't go anywhere he's barrett brooks i'm rob ellis we're sports Take jacob sports youtube network all right let's talk about razor technology because with threats vectors evolving, it's been more important to monitor all the changes in your work environment and set up automated alerts for when something violates an existing policy. Get visibility into the pivotal changes happening to your systems and networks with IT support from Razor Technology. Change management is an end-to-end solution for tracking cha- changes across all the systems and networks your business administers to. So it's got to have transparency when you're making those changes with enough time to respond and take corrective action if necessary. An unauthorized user, device, or application doesn't need very long to cause serious financial and reputational damage to an organization by altering, damaging, or stealing sensitive data. That's why Razor Technology uses real-time change detection to catch malicious actors in minutes, not days or weeks. Think about that. You wait too long, it could be too late. Contact Razor Technology today to learn our managed IT services can protect and enhance your business. Give them a call, 866-797-3282. That's 866-797-3282. Or visit us online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Everybody, thanks for hanging with us. We are Sports Big Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We may have Gunner. We don't know. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be a surprise. He may pop up. We don't know. Uh, but we did a big announcement a little bit earlier. If you're just tuning in uh, for our Jacob Media post game coverage for the Eagles, we will be. Uh, it's it's quite a lineup here, man. It's like a Mount Rushmore. It's Derek Gunn. It's Mike Missanelli. It's Seth Joyner and it's Devin Caney. So it's going to be a big time, big time post game show. It's going to be a lot of fun with that crew for sure. There you go. There's look at Gunner, handsome, handsome fella he is, along with Mike and Seth and uh, and Devin. Going to be some serious opinions right there, man. That's for sure uh, on that program. So uh, that is going to be after each and every Eagles game right here on Jacob Sports Network, as well as uh, 6abc.com. So very cool stuff right there from that crew, that's for sure. All right, so Barrett, let's get back to a couple things that we were uh, we were talking. I'm sorry, you muted, bud. Go ahead. You want to it'll, be a, it'll be a lot of honest, uh, honest yes. criticisms and everything else coming from those characters right there, bro. You got Definitely. that right. All right, so up to you, man. Um, I, we had Dave Zingaro on a little bit earlier, and we we t- we touched on Nick Sirianni, but we didn't get to everything. I like I, I I'd like to circle back to this with you um, and have this discussion with you, you know, regarding him. Then we'll get into who's most deserving of a Super Bowl. But if you look at what went down last year with Nick, and you take the take the good and the bad, if you will. All right, so from and tell me. Uh, what you'd like to add, what you don't agree with. I'll, I'm going to give you good first. Let's start with the positive. All right. Adaptability. I love the fact that he was, you know, he had the ability to change. They, they moved to being a predominantly, you know, running team, even though he didn't like it, um, had no issue with that. He had no issue turning over the play calling. 
Uh, he has really good communication lines with his players where I think it's genuine uh, with them. There's a buy-in from the players, as I mentioned, especially the vets. He, he, you know, stayed the course, if you will. Like, in other words, he was willing to be adaptable, but he didn't give up on his principles after a two and five start. I thought that was, you know, really, really big. So they're the things that just jump out at, at me, you know, as a as an observer of what looked, you know, from the outside, not being in the locker room from Nick Sirianni. How about you? Like what stood out to you? What would you add to? What would you subtract? What would you disagree with as far as Sirianni went? I, I really like the way he he put out fires. I mean, it could have really been um, a bad situation if Fletcher, um, he didn't, you know, bring Fletcher into a place of, of, all right, bro, we understand what you're saying. I understand that you want to do this. We got to do that. But we'll try to find that happy median so you can become the player you need to be. Right. Because that, you know, that could have really been a dumpster fire. I mean, that could have really, it could have really, you know, amped a, a lot of um, negativism on a, on a captain of the team that everybody looks at. Mm. If that would have went wrong, it could have been really, really bad for the entire team. Because they'd have put veterans against basically the coaching staff. Like you, you, if you'd have lost those veteran guys, you'd have lost the team. And he took that and and, and stopped it from from smoldering. And 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 you know they 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 were able to capitalize on on keeping the relationship above water, keeping it afloat. Yeah, and, and not an easy that. thing to do for a first no, year. Coach. Not at all. Not at all. And I, you know, I was I was happy to see that he was able to do that. Because you can't just tell a player um, it's raining outside and you up there, you know, taking a leak on them. You know what I'm saying? Not I was wondering how them. you were going to clean that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you, you just can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. You, you can't. You can't just say whatever you want to to a veteran player, especially yeah. a veteran player that's probably been in the league more than you've been in the league. Right? Who's not you know that saying? young? Not that, that much younger than you are. You know exactly. And and also, you know, none of those guys. I mean, there don't a lot of those veteran players are what. Five years from 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 you know the oldest guy on the team like BG and, and Fletcher they're like five years apart right so you know they're peers mm-hmm. in all actuality yeah um it's hard to to you know gain their trust and 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 really point them in the right direction and have them do what you want them to do especially when you're as young as you what you are let I mean, me let me I'm sorry go ahead finish your point sorry I mean look at look at the um look at look at the the, the special teams coordinator. Half he's, the team is older than he is. He's yeah, half 20s. the team is older than he is. Yeah. yeah, he's younger than those guys. Right. Yep. Right. So it could have been really bad, but he's 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 able to keep the team afloat. How do you view turning over the play calling? Because there's there's a there's two different ways you can look at this. I, I tend to look at it from a positive in that he's his ego isn't such that he's he's got to control everything. Like he trusts the people that he hired. Okay, and he turns it over to Steichen, and they had success. Some people view it as you were hired as an offensive guru. Uh, if you can't even, you know, handle your own business in terms of play call play calling, how, you know, what good are you essentially? How do you view it? Um, I saw a lot of humility and understanding that you don't know it all. And because you don't know it all, you go to find somebody that can help you know what you need to know, help you be a more um, productive play caller. I've seen a lot of people go down with the ship because they were too arrogant and self-centered to not reach out for help. And he understood that boat was, was capsizing and, and, and could have mm-hmm. really been bad, man. But, you know, he was able to, you know, 
rewrite the ship and take a lot of responsibility off that he could really govern the entire team as opposed to staying on the offensive side of the ball. Plus, mm-hmm. it didn't help that, you know, his the position he's supposed to be the best at, the wide receiver position, sucked last year. So, you know. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, he, yeah, he, he falls into the same category that you can only, you know, do so much with what you have. Yep, and, yep. you know, we talk about it with Gannon. We talk about it with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> I think it applies to, to Sirianni as well. All right, so there, there's definitely a lot of positive. And, and look, his team made the playoffs in their first year after winning four games the year before. I mean, that's really the ultimately the bottom line here. It's about winning football games, and he got his team in. Now, it wasn't all perfect, okay? Uh, you know, like I said, you you could say the turnover of the play-calling thing is is a negative for him. Um, you know, there's, there's things that I didn't like early. Like, I felt like we kept seeing the same – um issues cropping up uh early and then and then it, and it reared its ugly head later like offensive wide receivers blocking downfield it felt like it was called every single game on this team like little teaching moments that i felt like maybe maybe they weren't as crisp as they could have been or else this wouldn't be popping up like there were things like that that sort of bothered me a little bit when it came to, to it should have. i mean it, went, it yeah. was like two or three touchdowns yeah they were called back right because of that you, you, you know that those shouldn't even have been coachable moments because they shouldn't have done it. Right. You know, you, you know, as a player, that's illegal touching. It just happened to be wide, uh, young wide receivers that did it. But, mm-hmm. like, come on, man. I mean, I understand um, Smitty doing it. You know what I'm saying? He's a rookie. But when you got guys like Rager doing it, I mean, that's 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 unconscionable to think that you could allow that to happen throughout a game and, 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 and not know that you can't touch the ball, not know that you can't be pushed or deboed outside. You know, those are things that, you know, you just can't do. You can't do, man. And, and you know, that's a direct reflection of him. Right. You know, even though he was, you know, Moorhead's the – what's his name? Moorhead's the uh, – Aaron Moorhead. You know, the, the wide receiver coach. Yeah. But that's his position. He's a wide receiver guy. He played wide receiver. So, I mean, it, it was damning because, you know, they couldn't conceptually understand when they could block downfield, you know, when they could run out of – those are all things that – that come with, you know, experience, teaching and all that stuff, you know, and should have already been taught. Mm-hmm. What was there anything else for you that, you know, and again, keep in mind, there's growing pains with any first year coach. Was there anything else that stood out to you that this has got to be cleaned up going forward? I get it um, first yeah. year, but it's got to be cleaned up. Um, you know, RPOs, you, you, you saw the defensive coordinators get paid millions of dollars to stop offense. And the RPO became like the thing that everybody wanted to do. And you could see, I could tell you um, that teams knew how to do it, knew how to stop it. Mm-hmm. They understood that they wanted to run RPO. So you could see the play as it developed, how teams were defensive. They would, they would, they would take the defensive end and crash the defensive end. They scrape the linebacker outside and they bring a safety or a linebacker over in the hole. So where you're going to run a slant or a comeback right. or the stick route. That's how they stopped it. And then, you know, everybody's looking at, at, at Jalen Hurst like, well, how come he can't run the offense? Because he's playing he's playing ball with his two, you know, one of his hands tied behind his back. Mm-hmm. They're not allowing him to give the ball to the running back or throw the ball to the slant. So he's improvising every single play. But yet he chose to keep running that RPO. You can't do that. And it took him up until week eight when somebody else started calling the plays that they got out of that. Right. I thought that's the most damning thing that he did last year that he should have fixed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm a big proponent right now. They got to run play action. 
that's got to be their mode of operation, you know, because it is play action is not just um, them trying to fake out the defense on a run play. Everybody in America knows they're not running the ball, but they use it as a solid protection. You keep extra blockers in and you make your offensive line more aggressive as they're um, pass blocking. Your run blocking action makes them more aggressive so they have a more aggressive um, mindset while they're blocking the play which will have a fight started out there right there with, you know, the defensive line against the offensive line. So you want that aggressive nature. Plus you're keeping in extra blockers, an extra tight end or two tight ends or an extra running back. So you're more of a solid protection and you could do more with it. Now that they have really good wide receivers, they can send two man routes out. I put my money with AJ Brown and, and, and Devontae Smith out there versus putting Rager out there and right you know, fill in the blank and who yeah. else, whoever else. No, I, I, but I think you also bring up a good point because let's face it. If there's a team that you're going to honor the run against, it is the Eagles. I mean, considering the way that they ran it last year and how good this offensive line is at, exactly. at, at run blocking, uh, you know, you're going to keep teams honest. If that's the case, you and, can no longer. All right. So with Brown being out there, you can no longer put that safety in the box because you got to have him around Brown. So you right. bracket him, double coverage him. So now you just run the rock, run the rock with him. So, I mean, it, it just helps them out, you know what I'm saying, uh, in, in, in their play calling and, and gives them the autonomy now to, if they want to throw the ball down the field um, or, or, or if they want to run draw plays, they can do it now. They can execute because either the safety's in, double um, stop the run, or that's one-on-one on the outside with A.J. Brown. Or you bring the safety in – you got one-on-one um, with, with with the receiver on the outside. So it's like, check your poison as a defense. I, I'm ex- I, Yeah, I can't wait to see the way they attack here. So let me ask you, just generally, as we sit here, we're, we're a week away. Just go on the record. How good do you think this offense is going to be? I think it's going to be very good. And a lot of the indecision that you saw Jalen Hurts with last year is, is, is going to be a lot better because they're going to give them an offense that's going to tell them, you know, um, where the ball needs to go, how it needs to go there. And, and, they've had a year under their belt now to give him that system. He now understand and, and get the ball out a lot fast because he has, he's, he's had the same system again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just due to them, you know, having the, you know, the playbook and not like, you know, it was, it, you know, last year, and like I said, it was, a, it was 17 quizzes last year. You know what I'm saying? 17 <laughs> quizzes. They Pop just, quizzes. Exactly. <laughs> they were just learning how to run the office. So everything's a quiz. Well, now right. they have time to study for the quiz. You know what I'm saying? At first, yeah. they didn't have a thing to study, but they got something to study now. You know what I'm saying? The defense also has something to study. Right. But now they get, you know, they're, they're, they're more apt to go out there and be more successful because they now know what they've studied. And, it, it, you know, it's it just making better players. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. All right. So let's, um, uh, let's jump to the, to the wide out discussion. So basically the, the gist of this is Justin Jefferson, you know, said, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they, there's a million different lists that you can look at. Right. But there was a list where I think I forget where Justin Jefferson actually came in uh, on the, on the rankings, but he said, basically you watch next year when this list comes out again, I'll be number one here. Okay. It, it, it was the gist of it. Now, you think about the guys who he's competing with. There's Cooper Cup. There's Devontae Adams. There's Jamar Chase. There's Tyreek Hill. There's Stephon, Stephon Diggs. There's Debo Samuel. Just to name whatever, how many, six or seven of them. 
how fair, how accurate, how much of this is just this dude's uber confident in himself, but how much of it is real that he could be the number one guy, say, this time next year if we're having this discussion? It, it should be a real serious discussion because, number one, I say what you want to say about Kirk Cousins, but the guy can play, man. You know what I mean? I mean, he can put the ball up. He, I mean, I'm not talking about what he does in, you know, big games or even at the end of the year, but he's going to give – you know, those receiver, every opportunity to be successful. Yeah, so just to back up your point, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 103.1 passer rating, and completed 66% of his passes. So, you know, we're talking numbers here, and if you're a receiver on on the end, other end of that, with that, that guy's bringing it to the table, I mean, Justin Jefferson, Barrett, 108 catches, 1,600 yards, 15 yards per catch, 10 touchdowns is, is what this guy, <laughs> I mean, for his second year, like he's second he's year, his second year play. He, so he didn't he, sneak up on anybody. He's on pace with it, with the yardage, the yards caught in the, in his first two years, he's ahead of the pace of anybody that's ever played. You know, that, I mean, it's ridiculous what this guy's doing. And, and when you look at him, he's got a new coach in Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Who's an offensive minded coach, offensive minded coach. Um, you know, former quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, he was a third round pick. So he understands what it is to be in the NFL, how he needs to go out there and call plays to, to make sure he put him in the best position he can. This is going to be a dream, you know, this will be a dream season for him because now he has some guy, he has an offensive coordinator now that will call plays that would emphasize him being the target, the number one target. And with that running game that they have, I mean, they have enough, man, and they could be a serious, serious threat, a serious threat in the NFC, man. I mean, Dalvin Cook, that running game, um, they have an okay offensive line, man. But, I mean, I just love the fact, you know, Adam, Adam Thielen will be the secondary receiver now. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? He, he did that with Thielen, uh, excuse me, Thielen banged up last year too. Right, right. You know, if, if Thielen plays – all 17 and they have to devote their attention to him as well. He's a stud too. I mean, I can only, the sky's the limit for this guy. I mean, Jefferson's going to go bananas. Bananas. And I, I, I like his chances of really um, being a target that, you know, you already can't, you can't, you can't block. His understanding of route running is what makes him so good. I don't know what they do or what they put in the water down at LSU, <laughs> but he knows how to run routes to get open. He knows yeah. how to run routes to create separation um, he, his timing is impeccable, and he's on the same page with uh, with Kirk Cousins. They are on the same page, and everybody everybody saw the blueprint from what happened with the Rams. They saw how you know being you know in his face and always being together, those two, and that you know that one two ten. I'm a oh, oh, Cup and Stafford. You talk about yeah, just, just Stafford, constantly yeah. working together. Just, yeah, just yeah. working together. I I can almost you know guarantee that most quarterbacks are going to try to have that same type of um, relationship so they can gain that comprehension that, um, you know, that they have between each other. You know, they understood what was going on from a defensive standpoint and they ran routes accordingly. He threw them open accordingly. Yeah, he did. I mean, as, as we're doing this, I was looking at the Vikings numbers, right? And keep in mind, this is a team that went eight and nine. Okay. Didn't make the playoffs, right? Barrett, they had a quarterback who threw for 4,200 yards. They had a running back who rushed for 1,100 yards in, in Dalvin Cook. They had 
a receiver in Thielen who went over 1,600 yards. They had Aaron <laughs> Jefferson, I mean. Thielen only played 13 games, was at 726 yards. Both Jefferson and Thielen had 10 receiving touchdowns, and K.J. Osborne had seven receiving touchdowns, and this team went eight and nine. Like, <laughs> there is, I'm telling you, man, if they get decent defensive play, watch the Vikings, man. I am not writing that team off by any stretch. You can't. You can't. And, and you know, defensively, they got, you know, one of the best linebacking cores um, out there. You know, uh, Jordan Hicks, you know, is, is now there. Um, Eric Kendrick, Michael's, you know, younger brother. Yeah, former Eagle, yeah. Balling. Uh, Zadarius former Eagle, Smith. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith from Green Bay, pass yeah. rusher slash linebacker. He's now in, um, in, in Minnesota now. So, man, they got, they got everything that you want. I mean, I love their safety. You know, I, I mean, both their safety. Harrison Smith, you know, you know, I got a man crush on him, bro. <laughs> I love the way he plays. He's a Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Then they go out and get another guy that can play um, uh, safety also. And Lewis Seen from, yeah. from, from, from Georgia. Right. I mean, come on, man. That one-two combination right there. Now you can put Harrison in a box. And he can play instinctual football because you now have Sin who could, you know, is a ball hawk in the tail end. Mm-hmm. I like the chances. You know, they got the old man there still too, Patrick Peterson, man. So, I mean, they're going to be a good team, man, a really, really good team. Yeah, and look, and, and they're in a division that I think, you know, we, we, we went through this the other day, but Chicago's awful. And right. <laughs> Detroit's improving, but I think they're a playoff team. I think – I think they're going to – they might give Green Bay a run for their money, man. It wouldn't surprise me in the North. Like, I, I think you still have Aaron Rodgers, obviously. You never write that team off. But, you know, maybe maybe they come back to earth a little bit because they lost some weapons. I don't, I don't think you just lose Devontae Adams as great as uh, Rodgers is and you don't take a little bit of a step backward. Like, same with the Cowboys losing Amari Cooper. You're absolutely going to take a step back. Um, and, you know, he, he has some young guys there that can play, but he had – it's a, it's a healthy group of veteran guys. Also, you got a guy that, you know, um, that's really trying to rejuvenate his career. You know, he he he, you know, he left Big Red and them, and I think he went to, uh, I think um, Sammy Watkins went to Baltimore or something. Uh, yeah, know? yeah. Now he's in Green Bay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you know, you got Sammy Watkins. They all they got the old man Randall Cobb still there. Alan Lazard was a pretty good receiver that, you know, had some pretty good chemistry with A-Rod. Yeah. Uh, Christian Watson is the new guy in town who's six foot five, um, maybe, you know, 200 pounds. And can run. And, and can run like a 4'3", 40, 4'2", Yeah. You know, can return. I mean, they have some weapons. You know, of course, they're going to run the ball. They got, you know, um, Aaron Jones and A.J. Then and A.J. Dinn. Did you see that? Did you see that? Um, that oh. um, <laughs> when he crushes the mascot? Yeah, man, come on, that wasn't fair, man. Dude, he killed that man. He Let's ran see. straight. Tone, Tone, see if you can find that. It's AJ Dillon, Packers running back, and he, I guess he's at like a minor league baseball game. Yeah, and, yeah. And he destroys this. He knocked. This poor, he, he didn't knocked you think the mascot was thought he was just going to kind of go up to him and maybe like grab him, right, and, right. Have a little fun. <laughs> he plows this dude. I don't know if it's a guy. He or doesn't make. He doesn't even break stride. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, told it, I, I wanted to say, I say, look, hey, greedy, I'm looking for you. Yeah, we, we have it. We, all right, here, here it is, Barry. <laughs> like, <laughs> my God, man. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, you know, and well, if you watch, the mascot's trying to hold on to his head. Watch. Right. And, and then, <laughs> it's just gone. 
Oh my god, man. That was almost dude, like a video game, like finish him. Yeah, I think we need to follow. Did that dude like finish that game? Like, did he was he done? The mascot well, for the rest evidently of the they put out a they put out a um they put out something saying uh the mascot was not hurt. He he made a full recovery. And and, my, and my, by the way, am I just a psycho? I could watch this on a loop for like twenty four straight hours. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway. Hold on, no, you know yeah. the separation of his head, and, and, and he hit him so hard. <laughs> That it like it hung in the air for a second, and his body just <laughs> yeah, his body yeah, the just head, left. <laughs> yeah, watch the head. Watch the head ever comes off. <laughs> the head's in slow motion, but the dude flying backward isn't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, like, do you think it's afterwards like, AJ was like my bad dude, or he just kept moving, man? I, I don't think I don't think AJ's real worried about the mascot after seeing this. <laughs> Oh my God, man! That's I know the ridiculous. kids like, man. This kid's like, man, dude. I'm only getting thirteen bucks to do. Yeah, this. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm making enough to maybe put gas, you know, in my car. Right, 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 right. Oh my God! All right, that's good tone. Thanks. Uh, that was. Yeah, I'm glad you. Did that. <laughs> I was watching that the other day. I'm like, what the hell is this, man? Why that was like that? it was an angry run. Like he was right, angry right, with that right. mascot. Oh, he and he better run through guys like that this week because it's gonna it's <sighs> definitely gonna come up, man. It's going to uh, come up. If he's not running guys over like that, it's going to come up. Man. Yeah. Uh, the first oh. tackle for loss could be like, I'm not a mascot, dude. The first yeah. tackle. <laughs> no more mascot. <laughs> I got pads right. on, too. I don't have a helmet. I don't have that big, you know, mask yeah, that, on. I got a helmet on, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So let's come back. Let's dive into the teams that have not won a Super Bowl that are most worthy uh, in, in the NFL. We'll get into that because we had this kind of debate offline uh the other day and i thought it was pretty pretty interesting so we'll dive into that when we get back Derek gunn's gonna be joining us right around 2 30 gunner will be hopping on after the big announcement that it'll be gunner mike missinelli uh devin caney and seth joiner the one and only seth joiner for the uh for the jacob sp- post game show all right don't go anywhere barrett and i will keep it rolling we appreciate you hanging with us uh don't go anywhere we're sports take jacob sports youtube network go for the polls and the pools go for the ooze and the oz go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com at action news we cherish every moment And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. All right. There you go. Whoa. All right. Welcome back in, everybody. Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis with you on this uh, on this uh, Tuesday, Saturday. I don't know where I got that from. On this Tuesday, wishful thinking that it was Saturday, but uh, hanging with you. Um, so before we, we took a time out, we mentioned uh, teams that have never won a Super Bowl, Barrett. And and let me just start off by saying, thank God the Eagles aren't on this list. <laughs> we were for a long uh, time, man. Uh, if we were having still having that discussion, man, I don't know if I could I could get through it. But so yeah. thankfully we're not. Um, so by my count, Barrett, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I got twelve. I got twelve altogether. And tell me if I'm missing somebody. Bills, Bengals. Browns, Texans, Jaguars, Titans, Chargers, Lions, Vikings, Falcons, Panthers, Cardinals. Am yep. I missing anybody? I think that's it, right? That's it. That's All right. It. So you, well, you play for one of these teams, right? You play for the Lions, uh, yep. and right on that list. All right. So for you, of that group that I just threw out there. And, and, and obviously this is subjective, but which one I'm not going to say is most deserving, but which one would you like to most see win a Super Bowl of that? Group? Um, I mean, the one that most, the most hard off for, 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 for not winning a Super Bowl, you would have to say at the Buffalo Bills, they were there four times in a row. Yeah. And never got it. They should have been there last year and didn't get there. So they've had, you know, last year I thought they were one of the most complete teams in the NFL. Um, the quarterback is on fire. In fact, he's leading the MVP voting right now. Um, that team is, is is set. I don't know what they're going to do for us offensively. Um, if they'll be able to, you know, get past, you know, Dable being gone and, and with the Giants. But I, I do see them as the team that they should um, be ready to rock and roll and at least compete for it. You know, even with the West being the way it is, um, I think they got the best opportunity, the best shot going forward to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, for me, when you go to four, 
And the one they really should have won the shame of it with the Bills was the first one with the Giants, like the wide yeah. right. <laughs> you know, they should have won that game. And it was it was a great coaching job by I, it's funny. I just watched something on that. Uh, it, oh, it was a football life of Bruce Smith on, on the NFL Network, which was really good. Mm-hmm. But they they went over they, they dug into that game. And the, the mistake that Buffalo made early in that game was they, they were just throwing, throwing, throwing. And once they started running Thurman Thomas is when the, the game started to turn. And even Belichick said, I'd be honest with you, like, I'm really happy they didn't run more. We probably would have lost that game. Like yeah. Belichick said, because <laughs> yep, he yep, was still the yep. Giants defensive coordinator at the time. So anyway, but they, so they lose that. And then they run into like the juggernaut of the Cowboys. Yeah, in the Washington game, they just played like garbage. Anyway, so I'm with you. Like it's, they don't have a ton else going on there. It's not like they have, you know, baseball or basketball. It's, it's a, it's a, all they got it, is hot wings, bro. They do have killer wings. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Niagara Falls isn't real far, right, but right, right. Uh, they, and the Sabres, eh. but <laughs> they, um, I think they're, they're, and look, they have a really hardcore fan base. These people are loyal. I, I would like, and I think they're good. And I like Sean McDermott. You know, like there's yeah. a lot of things to like about that. That bunch. yeah, you know, I mean, that you know, McDermott's a great coach, man, and and he's done a lot for that organization, bringing them back into prominence, and you know, he, our Philly connection with him. So, I you know, that's why I say there first. Um, my second team, mm-hmm. I would have to say the Vikings. Um, I think they deserve it because I, you know, and look at it, they're also a complete team. They can run the ball, good quarterback play, great right. wide receivers. An okay defense, they just don't know how to get it out of their own way. I mean, for them to lose to the Saints in the way they lost before the Saints won the Super Bowl, right? With that, you know, with with them just giving up on a play and not hitting a guy and all that type of stuff. Oh, that was so fluky, man. I think <laughs> it, it was. I think it worked out well for the Eagles, actually. Yeah, because I would have rather face them than the Saints. Personally, you ain't never lied. You know, yep. you ain't never lied. But you know, it's it's. You know, it's 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 one of those things where you know they they're they're so good on paper that they just don't play well enough when it's time to play the game. Man. Yeah, and it's the biggest knock on Cousins in his career yep. is big games. Yep, I and mean, yeah. he's made more money than he's up there with 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 Sam Bradford money as far as you know. He's been guaranteed probably over a hundred fifty million dollars. He he was ahead of the curve with the guaranteed money too. Yeah, he was you the first one more. Yeah, an eighty-eight million dollar guarantee contract. He played the entire contract out. Man, so um, after that, um, it's between Cincy and the Chargers. You know, the Chargers. I mean, they. I. I, I don't. I don't know if they. They. Hey, can I throw one thing in there with with career earnings? Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you know how much money Chase Daniel has made in his career? Oh my goodness. No, how much? He's earned $41 million and and, and I think he started three <laughs> games in his career. That dude's agent and Bradford's agent go go into the Hall of Fame, right? I mean, there's, there's no, no question about first that. ballot like locks, right? Dude, there's not there's not a year that goes by that I, his face doesn't flash going across the screen when I'm watching the game like he's yeah. still playing. Still playing. And yeah, I hate that he went to Mizzou, man. I hate that he went to Mizzou. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's that's just like a, a dagger in my heart that he went to Mizzou yeah. and was a good quarterback there. But, but, I mean, come on, man. That dude will not have any problems getting out of bed. You know, uh, his knees will not be sore. 
<laughs> he won't be paying the price, man. Uh, anyway, I, no. sorry to interrupt. He's played 14 years now in the league. For that what is it's worth. crazy. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but um, when we, you know, when we're talking about a balanced team, man. Justin Herbert has a, a, some great wide receiver, Mike Williams. Uh, Kenan Allen is one of the most underrated guys in the world. You yeah. know, you never hear about him because he, he never gets the respect on the on the never, list. Never, yeah. never, unless you're a DB. And all the DBs hate playing against him because he mm-hmm. always ends up being open. He's always getting the first down. Yep. Then they got Jalen um, Guyton, a mm-hmm. 4-3 guy, yeah. you know, a 4-3 guy. So they, they have wide receivers. And then another guy that doesn't get the, you know, the 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 worth that, it, you know, the, the Jeff or, or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, the worth of, of being one of the top guys is Justin Herbert. I mean, uh, not Justin Herbert, um, Austin Eckler. Yeah, all around running back. Justin Herbert can throw the ball confidently because – they can run the ball with Eckler so effectively. They're never in a position that almost never in a position where they're just like third and eight, yeah. third, 10, because they give it to him on first and second down. And he, he gets, you know, those that tough yard is running in between the tackles. And oh, by the way, he can come out the backfield and catch. Mm-hmm. So Herbert has, he's spoiled on how good Austin Eckler is. Yeah, no spoiled. question. So you, all right. So your order would be Bill's. Followed by Vikings. Vikings followed. Who will be your third? Chargers. Okay. And then I go Cincy. All right. You know who I'm kind of torn on? I'm torn on Cleveland uh, because I, I feel like, you know, they got initially screwed when Modell moved them out of there to Baltimore, right? That, that, that was, you know, just that sucked for Cleveland fans. They get their franchise back and it's been a revolving door of quarterbacks and just ineptitude for forever, right? They finally look like they're starting to get good with Mayfield and Stefanski. They actually win a playoff game. And then they decide, and this is where I, I sort of veer off a little, but I still feel bad for the fans, but they decide to go to the Sean Watson route and it becomes kind of a circus there. And now they're, yep. they're back in that kind of limbo. So I think the fans really deserve it. I don't know if the team itself, you know, the front office deserves it or the ownership, but I feel for their fans. I'd probably go with them in terms of like, Deserving fan base as second behind well, Buffalo. I, I hate Cleveland because I, like I said, Butch Davis cut me. Okay, and and I, I'm that's the first time I ever got cut, man. So I mean, I, I hate Butch Davis. Okay, but Fair you enough. know, and I play for the Steelers. And that's yeah, my, that's that's your yeah, that's a huge rival. Yeah, right. And then you geography know, my, rival. Yeah, exactly. And then my my brother is a Cleveland fan. He's a Cleveland Browns fan. Now so I got to ask you this: when you pull. Tell me at least that your brother was a fan of whatever team you played for, right? Not really? No? No. You played for the Eagles. You played for Detroit. He wasn't a fan of those teams. He's a fan. He's a fan. Like, when I was playing for the Steelers, he is my fan for all 14 games. 14 games. Oh, but, but not if it's Cleveland. Not if it's Cleveland. What mm. what is that about? What is that about? I don't get that, man. You I, I mean either. I don't get My that. Brother's a traitor, man. Yeah, that's not cool. No, that is not cool. blood. That. I guess blood doesn't mean anything to him, man, because he would be a fan for all fourteen games, and then for two games, he is a Cleveland fan. That that's weak, dude. I, I'm not trying to stir trouble between you and your bro, but that's weak. That uh, that, that's weak. very weak, man. In fact, in fact, I, 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 man, I, I I pissed him off. I was I was almost, you know, when you're buying uh, stuff like my for my niece. And um, I, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy him. I'm gonna buy him a bed, you know. So I'm buy my niece a bed, you know. And I, and I saw this beautiful, beautiful Pittsburgh Steelers um, 
oh, race no, car didn't. bed. No, if, he had a, if he had if he had a boy, I'd have bought the Pittsburgh Steelers race car bed. All but right. it was it was, it was it, it, my niece, you know. So I bought her the you know the conversion bed. It goes through three different levels, you know, infant to you know little kid to even <laughs> yeah. you know. So I bought that one instead. But I was I was showing sure up gonna buy that uh, race car bed, and I'd have dared him not to put it in a room, man. You should have done it anyway, girl right, or boy. Right, A hundred percent. All right, so I, I'll go Cleveland in a sort of weird re- weird way, number two. Um, you know, and then it gets it gets kind of tough. I, I, You know, like Detroit, they've been so long-suffering. I, I do yeah. feel for them, their fans. And they've – man, even when they had too, outstanding yeah. talent, they had Barry Sanders and Megatron. They still – you know, Barry, you lived it. You were a lion. Bro, they had Perryman. When we beat them in the playoffs, they should have went to the Super Bowl that year. But when we smashed them in the playoff, Lomas Oh, you talking about 95? Yeah, they had a squad, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott Mitchell. Brett, Brett Perryman, Scott Mitchell. Barry uh, Johnny Morton, right? Johnny Morton. I mean, uh, Herman Moore. What was us? Uh, well, man, was Spielman on that team? Spielman was a starting linebacker. Yes, Spielman okay. was on that team. Yep. He and uh, Boyd. Um, mm-hmm. Boyd from um, – from, where did Boyd play at? Boyd was at we were together. Yeah, BC. Hey, BC Boyd guy. from BC. Yeah, he was there. Um, they had a squad, man. I mean, a squad, squad, and mm-hmm. they just couldn't do anything, man. We we beat them to sleep, yeah. all because of Ray. You know, Ray. You know, heard that ear hustling in the locker room, and he heard Lomas Brown say it just jokingly around. It's not if we're going to beat them, but how much we're going to beat them by. Yeah, and Ray Lomas Brown, the, the offensive lineman, made a yeah. guarantee for people who are made too young maybe to remember. Yeah, right, right. So, and Ray Diddy just happened to be in a locker room. Ray, Ray, Ray Rhodes, heard. not Ray Diddy. <laughs> no, no, Ray Diddy heard it. Oh, Ray Dinger heard. Okay, okay. Ray yep. Dinger heard him say. That. Oh, is Ray the one who broke this? Broke the story. He Ooh, was all right, in the tell, 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 Yeah, so get, get people what happened here. So. so, he was covering the game. So he knew that they, you know, they they sent him up there. He went to Detroit that week to preview the game. He to went get first to that, yeah. So it's the yeah. playoff game. It's Ray Rhodes' first year playoff game. So they sent him up to Detroit to get all the stories. They, they used to do that, you know, before the social media and everything. You could just, well, it was before and before when newspapers actually had budgets, they would send yes. a guy in advance on the on the road to the road so team. They okay. sent him out there to cover the uh, to cover the Lions, and as he's writing stories and you hmm. know you know talking to everybody, he's ear hustling. And out of out of the, you know out of the corner of his ear, he hears Lomas Brown talking to the local media, right? And he says that, and he jumped on it right then and there, and brings it back to Philadelphia media. <laughs> Ray Rhodes hears about it, and that's where the epic speech came up. Yeah, he goes ballistic. Be. Yeah. Oh man, he talked about everything. I mean, you name it: family, cheers, pets, families, yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Oh my goodness! It, it was the most epic speech ever. I mean, it, it's it's not it's not up there high because it's so you know outrageous, outrageous that you know you can't put it up to, next to Kelsey. But some of the stuff he said was like, oh. and you know you got you know you have guys like RC, you know Randall Cunningham, very know, religious he, guys very who aren't used to hearing this like, kind of stuff. He's like, uh, yeah, let, let's let's go get him. You know? Sodomizing animals. So, yeah, there's right, a lot going then, on. And yeah. then you got you know Ricky Water. Yeah. Yeah, F yeah, we go woo. I mean, it 
It was amazing, awesome. man. I'll give you another one on Ray. Uh, uh, you you probably know this one, but if, if you didn't, so the Eagles are playing the Cowboys in the nineteen eighty was eighty one at that point's January uh, NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. They're playing the Cowboys, and they did the same thing. Ray's in Dallas, right? And he's sitting there next to Tech Schramm, who was the Cowboys, you know, guy. He was their GM, their guru, all this other stuff. He's in he's in his office. The secretary chimes in and says, hey, just an FYI, uh, Philadelphia decided they're going to wear their white jerseys, and uh, so we have to wear our blue jerseys. And back then it used to be uh, home team dark, road team white all the time. Uh, uh And Dallas hated back then wearing the blue jerseys. It was bad luck for them. So they thought all along, we're going to be wearing white. We're good to go. Shram loses his mind. Ray writes the story, calls back to Philadelphia, lets everybody know. But it was Jim Murray, who was the GM of the Eagles, who came up with the idea just to play with the Cowboys' head. But Ray was the guy sitting next to Tech Schramm when all that went down. And then oh. and they called it back into Philly. You know? See, he's great at that, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Nobody knew, but he was sitting right there yeah. and sent, the, sent that story home and wrote the story. Yeah, that's and great. Like I said, Ray Bob took it and ran yeah. with it. That's awesome. All right, let me give you – so uh, the other team that I look at when we're, we're talking about teams that are most – depends on how you look at it, but would you would like to see win the Super Bowl that have of the 12 teams. You know, there's a little piece of me that feels bad for the Falcons when they had the the, the Patriots on the ropes a couple, a few years ago, Matty Ice years. That, that They should have absolutely won that Super Bowl, and they coughed it up. Shanahan plays a big part in it. Of course, you know, Ryan was under, you know, a lot of – duress but he he made some bad plays towards the end and then their defense couldn't do anything you remember edelman makes that great catch like I mean, there was a lot that happened yeah yeah i mean that that catch right there alone talking about being in the right place at the right time and it just you know i don't see how he was there to even do that you know I, mean? I don't either yeah i don't know i don't know i mean it's it's not quite you know tyree you know helmet catch but it was a pretty freaking ridiculous catch right right he right. ends up making so i do feel a little bad for them, a little bit. I, I have a little bit of sympathy for them. I, you know, I, I feel bad for the Panthers organization, and you know, just because it's that you know, our guy that coaches there, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, uh, 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 Matt Rule. Yep, he's a great guy. Um, actually, I did, I did a game down in down in um, in Baylor when he was the, coaching Baylor. The year yeah. he got the job, and I mm-hmm. went down and I interviewed. And as I'm interviewing him, you know, trying to get ready for the game, get everything, you know, set up for the game, you know, I actually, you know, talked to him about maybe going to the NFL. And uh, he said, he told me, he said, hey, well, I enjoy my time at Baylor. And then confidentially he said, hey, man, I've gotten a few calls and there is some interest there. So the year, whole year played out, you know, and I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, I hear it, you know what I'm saying? And then he gets the uh, Panthers job, you know, but he took his whole coaching staff up there, man, which was cool to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he did, and a lot of guys who were who used to be here at Temple. I, 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 um, I thought it would work out better for him. I know he's had some bad luck. I, when McCaffrey's hardly played, you know, the last couple of well, years. Well, he's like a, the last three games, last three years, he's only had like eleven games or two years. Yeah, and games. I know, I know that plays into it. And look, the bottom line is in that league, man, if you can't get it right at quarterback, you know, you're screwed, right? And that's ultimately. That'll be the epithet for him, I think, you know, in a lot of ways is, you know, at the end of the day, he just didn't have a quarterback and you're not going to yep. be successful there. I mean, yeah, McCaffrey. So Barrett, last 
uh, two years, he's played 10 games. Two years and 10 games. That's, That's crazy. A, he hadn't missed a game before that. He, three straight, three first three years, never missed a game. Last got two paid. Years, got paid. <laughs> you know, so there's two danger zones, right? Three, actually. One, it's dangerous giving a running back a huge contract, absolutely, period. Absolutely, absolutely. Two, when you're a little bit undersized. Now, I'm not saying he, he – I saw a picture the other day. He's pretty jacked, but he's, he's on a smaller side. Yep. And, and three, you're talking about a running back that's got that got a boatload of touches his first three years. You so, know, not just running the ball, catching the ball. I mean, everything. Yeah. He does everything for him. Yeah. I, if I'm them, I'm making a concerted effort to figure out ways to lighten the load a little bit on this guy this year. But a see, little. Had, he, I, I'm trying to get banged for the buck, bro. I guess. <laughs> I guess, but I want him on the field, man. I know right, you're paying right. him a lot. Right, right, right. I saw guys that size that I played with, like Tiki. Um, you know, they they were they were definitely aware of, of his 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 uh, pitch count. Put it like yeah. that. He was definitely aware of his pitch count. You know, guys yeah. are small. Yeah. Um, but then you have guys that you know played every single down, like Warwick Dunn. He played yeah. every single down and, and and never got hurt. Well, how much do you worry about that with the Eagles situation? Because you have three running backs. I, I wouldn't go as far as to say Miles Sanders is small. I'm not saying that, but you he's have guys who, yeah, he's Those not small, 20, yeah. but but he's not Danger super problem. durable. And and yeah. the guys behind him are at least slight of height. Like they're they're jacked up dudes, but they're not the biggest guys. Are you worried about the size of the running backs? I am, I am, I am, because we don't have that that you know three yards in a cloud of dust guy. You know, I, I I'm. You know, with the Steelers, we had Jerome Bettis. He was going to get you a first down whenever you needed it. But then we had fast Willie Parker. You know, you give it to him two two inches, and he'll take it a country mile. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was playing with the, with the Eagles, I had Ricky Waters and I had Charlie Garner. Charlie, you give him an inch, you know, he say, I don't need you to block anybody. Just be in front of him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just have your body in between me and him. I'll take care of the rest. You ain't right. got to blow them down the field. You ain't got to drive them 10 yards down the field and put them on their back. All you got to do is you touching him, and he'll feel you touching him, and I'll do the rest. But then you had Charlie. Charlie, you, know, uh, you, had, uh, you had Ricky. Ricky was like, no, you guys got to drive him up. You're not blocking me like you blocked for Charlie. Right. No, we were blocking for him. It's just, you know, you needed a little bit extra. <laughs> Charlie didn't. Charlie didn't need that. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I, I'm a big Ricky Waters fan, and I think he's – Love he was, Ricky. Yeah, very underrated as an NFL player. Period. Like yeah. he was, he, he could run, he could catch. Like he, I don't know, I don't remember what kind of pass blocker he was, but whatever. I mean, he was great a really pass good, blocker too. When we had he was, him, he was a great pass blocker. Too. Yeah, he was yeah. a complete player. I mean, the guy, yeah. you know, at Notre Dame, Barrett, he played both receiver and running back during his career. Lou Holtz he moved to the wideout for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because the backfield who they had. And everybody went, what was they had Bettis. They were loaded. Yeah. They were loaded. <laughs> but so, but my point is, um, you know, with him. And I'm a I'm a fan, but he he feels like he was a handful. Like is that the case? Was he a handful? He was definitely as a, a handful, man. There yeah. were times, you know, we come in the locker room, and we're supposed to be uh, getting ready for practice, and I come in the locker room and I see Method Man and Red Man sitting in the locker room. Like really? So, they were <laughs> yeah, really like, in there? like before practice, they sitting in the locker room at his locker. <laughs> I'm like, yo, look at this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm, now I'm not concerned about practice. I'm over there talking to Red Man and Method Man. You know what I'm saying? Did that drive Ray nuts or what was it? Oh, man. Come yeah. On you know, Ray was, you know. And Brett's got a head driven, driven Gruden, who was the offensive coordinator crazy, oh, too. He, he come down snarling. He couldn't. Oh, man. If he thought he could fight Ricky and win, he would have tried, bro. <laughs> I mean, there were times There were times where um, there were times when he and, um, he and, he and uh, Ricky used to get, I mean, they used to get into it in-game situations. <laughs> 
in-game situation. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, so, you know, Ricky gets starting to get, you know, all these touches and turn around, and then Charlie starts getting more touches than Rick. Than Rick. And I see, I mean, I mean, tomorrow we come off the field. Instead of coming off the field, sit down on offense, Ricky makes a beeline to the phone. He runs straight to the phone. He calls Gruden. upstairs he calls Gruden. to Gruden. Yeah. Gruden's upstairs. Right. And I can see him. Now, he's not only calling Gruden, turned around calling Gruden and looking up at him like, you know, he's uh, he going back and forth. But then he starts gesturing, gesturing to him, uh, grabbing his crotch, flipping him off. Oh my god! <laughs> but then Gruden is up in there upstairs, starts doing the same thing back to him. Oh my god! This is during a game. Wow! I'm like, what is going on here? So we go into halftime. As we're going to halftime, Gruden is coming. You know, in in the vet, Gruden coming down. Yeah, coming yeah. down the elevator to get down. to the locker room. Yeah, and Ricky's in back of me, and he sees him, and they make eye contact. Oh god. And Ricky starts, uh, Ricky starts running at him, and then all of a sudden, Gruden starts running. I grab Ricky, and he fights off me and takes off. And I'm like, man, this, this is, this is, you couldn't, you couldn't write this in a book, man. Welcome to the NFL, right, man, right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, then we come the next day, we're in a meeting. You know, he makes a joke. Ricky, I love you, bro. I love you. In fact, I'm gonna name my first kid Ricky. And all along, he has like three kids already. So, I'm gonna name my first kid Ricky. I'm like. Dude, you just can't leave well enough alone, can you? <laughs> <laughs> they just going at it. Yeah, he was a needler. He was oh, a needler. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's always he, he always saying stuff he shouldn't say, man. But hey, man, that was that was Groot, man. Groot dog was my guy. Yeah, Groot dog was my guy. That's you know one. I after everything that went down, man, and then he's suing the league. Yeah, I, I'll I don't know, man. I don't think he ever gets back in. Do you? I don't think he he doesn't well he doesn't number one he doesn't have to come back. He doesn't in. need the money. I don't I mean no. I mean just in terms of like but competitive nature, does he want to get back into it? I don't think he wants to now. I yeah. think the, the, the league is is probably passed him by. Wow. The league has passed him by. You look at, you know, a lot of these older coaches. I mean, you only there's only a couple older coaches left in the game. Yeah. A lot of it's you know the new faces. You know, the older coaches now are Tomlin. Guys like that Harbaugh. Those mm-hmm. are the older coaches now. I know it's you crazy. Know, um that's why I, I think that's a major reason why you know Tampa Bay went the direction they went. You know, I, I Bruce Arians, you know, retired because he was old. Yeah, no, no, it's true. I, I you know, I wonder, I wonder if Gruden tries. To, I, I don't know. I think he can get back in broadcasting because the league has so much say in those kind of decisions, right? Yeah. It's eh, he might be. That might be it. I I didn't understand why would the Raiders give him ten years? Like, who are you? fighting against who was going to give him more time than that like well it wasn't that they had to pull him away from um from monday, monday night, night. Football. right uh, at the time he was making like seven million a year yeah doing and they uh, gave him monday 10 years football. 10 million a year yeah so i mean they, that's the only way they can get him out of there it's I amazing mean, he was fine he was can you imagine this job this job was you know to prepare for the show but he started preparing for the show probably like wednesday and he's looking at film he's already looking at a bunch of film anyway look at the film you know, both teams, then he'll fly out on like Thursday or Friday and, 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 you know, hobnob with the players and talk to different coaches and everything. Then on Saturday, you prep a little more. And then on Sunday, you do the uh, Sunday, you prep a little more. And then Monday, you do the game. I mean, that's a life, man. That's living the life, bro. It wasn't hard, man, doing that. I mean, that's easy. That's a, that's a cakewalk. And you want me to go in and be a coach where I got to watch film for 20 hours a day. Yeah, um, he's one of those guys that he has to go out there and 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 download as much as he can. He's looking at film from film from film to to other film. You know, he yeah. he, he was a, a totalitarian on how he prepared. 
mm-hmm. um, his players and, and prepare the team. Yeah, fascinating stuff, man. All right, we come back. We'll do a little open talk, Barry. We're going to jump around a little bit, some birthdays, some news around sports, some unbelievable uh, a new uniform from the Panthers. You want to nice. see these, man. Yeah. You want to see these. So we'll do that when we get back. And an amazing basketball play. I'll just leave it at that. An amazing basketball play, which you're going to see as well. So you want to stay tuned. Maybe Gunner jumps on. We don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. Rob Ellis, Barrett Brooks. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the Oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. YouTube network. All right, I got to show you this, Barrett. I thought this was unbelievable. This was uh, from the Maccabi Games, okay? Uh, wheelchair basketball. 
and it's the it's U.S. United States uh, against Israel, and you got to see the way this bad boy ends. Now, keep in mind here: the the USA is down one. Okay, Israel misses the foul shot, rebound. Watch this, outlet, half court, boom. Oh! Okay, my man drained that thing from half court for the game winner for the Team USA. All right, oh. that is freaking awesome. And that's that's Alan uh, Duran, D-O-R-O-N-N, who hit the game winner. That was oh. amazing, bro. Dude, that's pretty sweet, man. No question. Got the outlet, number one. Got the rebound. Yeah, look at look at this. All right, All right quick. Not a lot of time. Dude, you're running right. out of time. All right, gets and right to it. And, dude, boom. Yeah. Pretty sweet. Congratulations, uh, Team USA over there at the Maccabi Games, getting the win there. But pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Bro, you can't uh, write it up any better, man. And I'll tell you what. You ever watch the, the uh, men and women, by the way? You ever watch them play? They are tough as nails. Okay? Yes. <laughs> they are tough. You, 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 they will battle you. They battle each other. They they, they will sometimes go down. Bro, I, mean, I saw, I saw um, a guy. I think he spit out teeth, man, from yeah. an elbow. Yep. Uh, during these games, bro. Yeah. They, they are don't. tough, tough. They are tough. They are tough. So kudos, man. Awesome, awesome stuff right there. All right. So I wanted to show you this too. We've seen we we a little bit, uh, maybe it was a week ago or whatever, the Bengals came out with their alternate jerseys and they had the white helmet, which I thought yeah, was I thought awesome. They were pretty, yeah, I thought they were pretty slick. Man, the Panthers came out with some new ones today. The Carolina Panthers. Check these things out. These are sweet. Look at the black Yo. helmet. Man. Okay. Yeah, and, and look at that with the with the Panther logo yeah, on there, hot, bro. That Dude, is hot. That that is unbelievable. I that, yeah, make is. that the main helmet, okay? Right. <laughs> so I I give kudos. Sometimes you know when the leagues go to these alternate jerseys, you feel like all right, they're kind of reaching a little bit here. Uh, the NFL's pretty on right now. Oh man, that, that's undefeated, man. NFL yeah. is hot, bro. Yeah, there's the there, there, there's there's the actual you know the, with the jerseys with the helmets. There you go. Yeah. You know, what reminds me of man. Black Panther. Yeah, it does. It's you know, exactly what it the reminds whole you. theme and everything. Yep. That looks to me, it looks like the Black Panther man. So. Yeah, pretty, pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. There you yeah, there you go. There's a little bit more on it. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool to check that out. Um I I, I found this interesting. I'm not the biggest um Deion Sanders fan in the world, but I'll give him this. So he's the head coach of Jackson State. Which yeah, a hell of a job, too. Yeah, he's doing a really good job, man. Um HBCU school. Uh, but he um, he is donating half of his salary, and he's making like three hundred thousand a year. But he's donating half of it to upgrade the facilities there at Jackson State. So he's putting his you know his money where his mouth is. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool, man. Because I mean, a lot of these HBCUs don't have the financial backing. Yep. You know, and um, you know, hey, anytime you know, don't talk about be about. Same things happen at Grambling. Yes, Jackson did the same thing. He's you know he's not only invested his time, his his, his skill set, and you know his coaching ability, but he's also donating his own money and getting mm-hmm. others to donate money also. So yeah, I mean I, I, that means the world to me. I mean that's big time to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's big time. That's cool. People stepping up, man. That's for sure. Hey, uh, we'll get into birthdays in a minute, but I, I, I'm going to separate this one here. Um, Rachel Robinson, who's the widow of Jackie Robinson, mm-hmm. turns 100 years old today. Wow. Still going strong, man. Yep. That is amazing, man. Yep. I mean, Jackie's wow. been gone close to 50 years, I think, and, and she's still 
still out out and about doing her thing, man. It's pretty I, awesome. I want what she's drinking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, man. Amen. Yeah. I, you know, it's a, I always debate that. I'm like, do I want to get to 100 or do I want to get to my 90s? I do if I have if, – if I'm okay up here. I, right, I do. Right, 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 right. Man, right. if not, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Bro, yeah. I've lived and, and, and experienced so much stuff in my life, man. Yeah. You know, I'm still experiencing more, man, but it's, it's I've had a great, great, I'm still having a great, great, great life, man. Yeah. Great life. You know, most most guys that have been in my position, uh, number one, don't live in the same house that they had during the time they were in the NFL. Right. Um, they don't live the same way they live when they're in the NFL. I've been blessed in the aspect that I've, I've maintained a healthy lifestyle as opposed to, you know, financial health. I, I, I didn't spend a whole lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, she, John Dickerson, she has White Castle smoothies daily. <laughs> Sign me up every day. <laughs> That's funny, man. That's but, funny. you know, um, I, you know, most guys, do. I, man, I had a guy that he signed a, a five-year contract worth $30 million, a DB, that I played with in uh, Pittsburgh. And um, he called me like like a year ago, maybe eight months ago, something like that. Hey, hey I need to borrow five grand. I ain't talked to him since, you know, so that's, we're talking about 14, 13, yeah. 14 yeah, years. He, he, he didn't think enough of you to reach out to you at any point in, in between 14 years right. from the last time you saw oh, him. I see right? you doing your TV thing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing good, man. You know, oh, yeah. man, you, you're doing, you know, you're doing your, he called it social media page, man. I'm like, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's going pretty good. He said, uh, Hey man, let me uh, let me not beat around the bush. Hey, I got this thing I got going on. I need to borrow five grand, man. You know I'll give it to you. You know I'm good for it. What? I said, bro, you signed a thirty million dollar deal. Yeah, that's twice as much as I made my twelve year in NFL career, and you signed right. a thirty million dollar deal. Oh man, come on, man. You know that money's gone, man. You know I'm, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> but you want you want me to 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 loan you five hundred? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna entrust you with my money when you blew thirty million. Yeah, right, bro. I don't even. I man, I I, I barely knew who you were. I barely right. knew your name, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like we yeah. didn't even hang out when I was playing with y'all. I mean, when, we weren't even playing. I didn't even. We, we never even broke bread together for real, for real. I mean, I yeah. never. I never went to McDonald's with you, but you yeah, you, you didn't give a damn man. about me back then. Right, yeah, right, right. I didn't hang in your circle. You didn't hang in my circle. You know, we was we were cool, man. That's it. But yeah, man, it, it's. Unique to say the least. Unique. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and that to your credit, you always had a game plan. Like right, it was right. never like for. Unfortunately, I think it's better now because I think players, uh, a there's there's an emphasis from the league to sit sit you guys down with like financial managers and, and yeah, life financial literacy. And um, they do a lot of financial literacy stuff, but yeah, you guys like, take advantage of it. I would say for the most part, no. Yeah, it's a shame. But yeah, but they have um like they usually like they have a four hundred one k program. Unmatched. It's a great forward. They they match it two for one. No, That's you can, unbelievable. You can yeah. max it out at thirteen, and they give you twenty. That's and, wild. And there were yeah. guys were like, "No, I need my money now, dude." You don't even see it come out of your check because it's pre-tax. Yeah, it's, it's not even. It's not. You don't even see it come out. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm just dumb, man. But they to your credit, though, money. like you, you know, it's not like you came from, you know, money or anything. But you always right. had an eye on trying to be smart about this so, right 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 i mean you know. i wasn't my first my first three years right but after a while i said oh this could this could be very short hmm. i mean you know what i'm saying i, I mean i mean we, we, 
we're not that good. And I mean, there's a chance of me being an Eagle slim to none. You know, we're going into that next year, that fourth year. Yeah, right. They just drafted Trey. I might not be here this year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> from right. That good point, point on. Yeah. From that point on, you know, I was, I was, I was good at, you, you know, you, all you had to do was show me one time and I was, I was done after that. Yeah. I hear you. Um, so I watched episode one after the, um, the home run derby last night. I watched episode one of the captain. It's the, I don't know how many parts it is on Derek Jeter's life uh, story or whatever. Okay. Uh, on ESPN last night. I thought it was good. It was good. It, 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 I, I learned things I didn't know. That's one of the things I always look for in like documentary kind of things like that or whatever. Uh, you, you know, it went really into the background as parents, interracial mother was white father was black, what they went through, uh, you know, and some of the early stuff with Jeter, uh, in his life, not even just like racial stuff, but everything, you know, generally and baseball wise. Um, all in all, pretty good, man. I, w- I would give it a thumbs up if you haven't seen okay. it. For I, th- I don't know how often they're um, releasing them or whatever, but the first one wasn't bad. It was. It was. I got to check that out. Yeah, yeah. I got to check that an out. An hour. It's not bad. It's it's really not bad at all. So if you get a chance to check it out, uh, remember Jonathan Papelbon, right? The pitcher. Yeah, yeah. Here. Former former Philly, yeah. Or Philly. Former he went Philly to the Nationals, right after he left us. Yeah, yeah, yep. Former Red Sox, Philly National. Remember, he got into a fight in the dugout with Bryce Harper. You remember yeah, that's that? That's right. That's right. That's. I remember. Um, our co-host was a big fan of Papelbon. Jillian. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Papelbon. Well, she uh, wasn't either. Somebody I said she was a fan. She, oh, oh. She oh. hated his guts. I think oh, she had. Did she ever run in? I can't remember what happened. Yeah, uh, yep. I, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he Papelbon rubbed a lot of people the wrong right, way. Right, 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 right. I will tell you that, that you know, that's for sure. Um, so Papelbon did an interview uh, for what's called Betway Insider. I'm guessing it's a gambling site. I don't, I'm not that familiar with it. So forgive me. Um, but he was asked about the Phillies and he, the present day, he said, quote, in order to be a good team, you have to have a, in order to be a good team and have a good postseason run, you have to have leadership. I don't think the Phillies have any of that. It's always been kind of chaotic in Philadelphia with the fans, with the players, with the front office. It's like a shit show there. And for me, I see the shit show continuing. I mean, they fired their manager, what, two months into the season? As long as that stuff happens, Philadelphia will never win again. Philadelphia will never get back to the playoffs. Now, let me ask you two things. Uh, This sounds like a very agenda-driven, bitter guy not only yeah. at his time here in Philadelphia, but the fact that he got into a, a scrape with Harper. Like the leadership thing is a dig at Harper. All yep. the other stuff is I hate the city of Philadelphia with the yep. way you know, <laughs> things went down for me. This is so – first of all, if you're citing the managerial change, you're a moron because they stunk <laughs> under Girardi. And they've been a thousand times better under Rob Thompson. Right, right, so right, right. Your credibility flies out the window the second you even reference that. How about he was, he was good, man, but he just couldn't get it in Philly, man. He just rode too many people the wrong way. I'm glad yeah. Bryce whooped his ass, too. <laughs> well, so you he goes up. He was asked specifically about Harper, right? And he says, quote, I don't necessarily see him as a huge leader of the team because he was never really a leader when I played with him. He kind of went about his own business and was more of a me guy or an I guy. It wasn't really into what was happening in the clubhouse. And I didn't have that have to pull for the team. This guy, man, he continues to be a jerk off even in, you know, in – uh, you know, abstentia here when he's not right. even here anymore. <laughs> My God, man. He was, what an unlikable dude. He really he's was. Definitely unlikable, man. You know, but I mean, I I understand not having, you know, cause like I, I, I have distinct hate for Cleveland and, and, and for Denver. 
but I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, it's not all the fans' fault because you were treated. Right, 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 you know. right. Now, it's one guy's fault on each time. What, what guy's fault on each team? It was the head coaches right. that I had to stain for. Everything else, you know, I loved it, man. I loved being in Colorado, man. It was beautiful out there. I actually love being in Cleveland, man, because it's a first-rate run organization. Right. Like, everything outside of football, it's amazing. I mean, the best foods for dinner, you know, lobster – and and, 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 and and steaks, you know, at least once or twice a week. Wow, I mean, they, no they, they they roll it out. They roll out the rear carpet for you. They um they back when I was there, they um they dry clean your suits for you for free. Uh, I mean wow. everything. I mean it's just a first class, first rate organization. They just can't run things well in football. Amazing. Where was it? so what uh, you? All right, so you're you played uh, in Philadelphia, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, then after that, it was shit show. All right. So, well, and, and the, well, the Steelers still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where was the toughest place for you? Like, where? what was the organizationally, city-wide, whatever it is, what was the toughest place for you? Uh, The toughest place for me, man. I mean, none of the organizations were really tough. I mean, like I, I um, like from, from when I left Detroit and I signed with Cleveland, like, you know, during the off season, I stayed there for, for about, you know, preseason. Okay. And I left there, you know, and went to, uh, you know, went to, to Denver. And then, you know, both of those places, you know, kind of pissed me off. But after that, man, you know, every organization I went to was first class. I mean, first class, you know, they, they really, they really treat you right, man. Um, in most organizations, but I mean, it's just the day to day, operations that certain teams just don't get it and because they run their organizations that way success that they have is is, is a because it goes downhill and the success you have in the front office is also going to show down but hey i hope you know say that good that dude gunner man he, uh, oh, he's the worst. Gunner, what's up bro i mean i mean hey derek uh, uh what's up uh, did, didn't see you there did, 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 I, I was gonna ask the question did you guys miss me but after your initial <laughs> verbal dart thrown my way. Obviously, you didn't miss me, but that's okay. That's all right, though. Big money. It's, yeah, look, look money. at you. So you you had quite a quite a morning here, quite a morning early afternoon, right? So tell us about yeah. first of all the huge announcement, man. We we we're talking about it on the show, but but just yeah. get your take on what's going on here. Yeah, th this has been in the works. Do I have to call you, Mister Gunner? Mister Gun. Mister well, G. I've been, I've been trying to get you to call me that for years. It hasn't worked, so I don't think it's going to work now. <laughs> But this is something that's been in the work for months. Um, Joe Krause, the CEO of the company, and I have been talking about this for months. And I'll tell you what, um, to add the likes of a Seth Joyner and, and a Mike Missanelli to a post-game show, um, man, that's, that's, that's going to be phenomenal. Um, opinionated guys, passionate guys, insightful guys. Uh, so we're, we're going to have Where some pretty good debates. That? What's that? No, never mind. Oh, <laughs> now see – if Ouch, I had said man. if I had said that to him, my oh, wife would man. be texting me right now. Well, are you too hard on Barrett? You're mean to Barrett. <laughs> you, you know, you hurt Barrett's feelings. Oh, jeez. Of course, you, you think I'm kidding me. Anytime I take a verbal shot at him, I'm getting texts from my wife during the show. Okay, that's enough. Back off. You know, you're, too, you're too mean. You, you're too mean to Barrett. You know what? It's open season on Barrett from now on. No, but that was no. a good one. No, I like that. No, that was no. Good. Hey, hey, that was seriously, good. man. That's that's 
that's gonna be a, a great show, man. I mean, because I mean, you got you know polarizing post personalities because yeah. you know yeah. Miss Nelly, and and that dynamic. I want to see how you guys bring Seth back in. You don't work with you don't rain Seth in. <laughs> you know. uh, hey, I like this. Uh Jeremiah Butler said, Are we getting D gun Derek or Gunner today? Yes, yes, and yes. Yes. That's what you get. The holy, today. The holy yes. Trinity. Yes. yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. so that's exciting, man. Now what was it? We had a whole thing there, like a whole it was at, it was at one of the six ABC studios. Uh okay. the general manager was there, a couple of lawyers that um that uh, work with uh, Jacob Sports Media were there. That Joe Krause has known for years. Uh, potential sponsors. I mean, it was a lot. It catered. It was a catered luncheon. Oh, you got a little, um, little grub, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, well, That's I didn't cool, eat. Uh, but wait, wait. You're not going to believe this. Now, hold, I don't want you to pass out. <laughs> I didn't eat anything. Why not? I don't know. I, I was too busy walking around shaking hands. I didn't have time to eat. Oh, you were doing the the politician. You were shaking yes. hands, kissing babies. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So. But yeah, um, it it it, uh, it turned out to be a great event. It lasted about forty five minutes. Um, Devin Caney was there, of course. We did the post game show with her last year, right? Um, so yeah, it, it it turned out to be more than I thought it would be, <clears throat> but it was great, well received, and uh, hopefully, um, people in this region understand that uh, there's a new post game posse in town. And uh, I think you know their names and, and what we're capable of. So I advise everybody to tune in. Yeah, gonna be fun. Gonna be fun <laughs> yeah, after yeah. Each, and, each and every game, man. That, that's Derek Gunn and Mike Missanelli and Seth Joyner and Devin yeah. Caney. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Gonna be fun. Yeah, man. We, so we've been, we've been jumping around, man. We talked a lot. Uh, a lot of Eagles early, uh, Phillies as well with the All Star break. You gonna catch it's a chance to catch any of the home run derby last night? <clears throat> uh, just a little bit. Um, I hated to see Schwarber bow in the first round. He looked but tired. But I said to, to myself, me, you, maybe he was in awe of Albert Pujols, you know, because he talked about how he grew up in Cincinnati watching, you know, Pujols. Um, you know, he mm-hmm. grew up as, you know, so maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe he got starstruck, you know, but it was a good competition 20 to 19. I didn't get to see the finals, but um, I looked at the, um, I looked at all the highlights later. And I will say this about Soto. He's already a marquee talent at 23 years old. The fact that he won this thing last night, it's only going to enhance his marketability now and his, his potential to earn even more money. Yeah, his timing I mean, my perfect. goodness. I mean, what better timing to turn down $450 million and then go out and win an all-star mm-hmm. home run contest against all of these proven power hitters, and you're 23 years old? Exactly. You know, what else? What else could you ask for? This kid. I want to go. To, I want to go to the racetrack with this kid. Well, I, no thought it was, I thought it was cool. Well, yeah, obviously. And show, Soto just showed you what he was. But I thought it was cool because you had the young and the old. Like uh, Julio Rodriguez, twenty-one years old man, just jacking oh. home runs left oh. and right. Okay. And then you had Pujols, the 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 old man, and still kind of doing his thing. It was a really nice kind of kind of mix that we had there a last balance. night. Yeah, yeah, good balance. Yeah. You know, you have the old guard, you have the young guard, you have you have the past, the present, and the future all rolled into one uh, in this home run derby, man. But I wish I could have seen more, but I was in the midst of a honeydew list. Uh, you you want to know what I was doing? Uh-oh. All right, what happened? All right, get this. So at our church tomorrow night, they're having this big international banquet, you know, where a lot of people are bringing different things. So my wife being out of town, she volunteers to meet and make uh, Jamaican jerk chicken, Okay. 
Now, I've never made it before, but a good friend of mine, uh, Lee Walker, who's from Jamaica, um, his his jerk chicken is off the charts. Mm -hmm. So I call him. We talk. I get all the ingredients I need. Now, down here, I don't know about where you guys were, but down here, it was monsooning again. Not once, not twice, but three times down here. You thought I last night, yeah. Oh, yeah, last night. We, I kind of avoided. I got lucky, I guess. Geez. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. I went to four different grocery stores trying to find these ingredients. When we're done here, I still have to go try to find some of these ingredients. But I, because the two stores that had that, that that normally have them, shelf is bare. Yeah, I'm not shocked. So now I'm going to have to find a, a Jamaican grocery store and try to get the ingredients that way. So okay. So, so West Indian stores. That's all, bro. Yeah, but but. You know, yeah, they're, they're, they're a diamond dozen, Barry. We just got them all over Delaware. I, mean, I ain't gonna I mean, Philly, Yeah, Philly does. Not, not, yeah, Philly not, does. Not, not Delaware. Not Delaware. No. 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 Oh, I, I, yeah, I got to. We got. All right, go ahead. Keep going to, to so, finish. We got time. So, so, um, so I've, I've got to go out and I've got to make the chicken tonight. And then tomorrow, before I take it to this banquet, uh, slightly grill it to give it a charred effect, too, as well. Yeah, you got to so, yeah, got to let it sit in the juices overnight. Once you make it, let it sit in the juices overnight. So once again, my wife goes out of town and she gives, she commits me to things. Yeah, and I'm like, I have enough going on here. You're gonna be going back on the road, man, like the old days. You know what? At one point, people asked, "Don't you miss traveling?" And I said, "No, I'm almost at a point where I might miss traveling now because I had a built-in excuse not to do certain things." I hear you. I'm almost at that point. Not yet. I hear you. All right. Well, listen, Gunner. I know you must be exhausted after the three minutes you just spent with us, but we got to we got to wrap it up. Wait, um, at 52? Yeah, we got to get We supposed to be off at 50, but you came in and um. Yeah, we're gonna get out. Over. We got to get out a little bit early just to get some things what? tidied up, but we'll be good. But you'll be back with us full show tomorrow. We're looking forward to that. I don't know. I might be exhausted. I, I don't know. I, I'll take see a what nap. I can do. Take a nap. See if you can get yourself back. Yeah. I'll, I'll see chicken, right? Yeah. I'll after, see you, after you grill your chicken, take a little cat nap, and you'll be you'll be all right. Be I'll right. see if I can lower my standards. Okay. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> what else is new? Uh, thanks to everybody in the, uh, in the chat room. Thanks to everybody streaming. Thanks to everybody listening. You guys are the best for sure. And we're back tomorrow. Same time. Don't go anywhere. And oh, thanks to Tone. Tone to Shields. Great job producing the program job, today. Tone. Job, I didn't Tone. even get to antagonize him today. I'm I know. Man. Tone was on point today, too. He was on man, fire. We did uh, enough. We did yeah, enough. <laughs> yeah. He survived Gunner, kind of. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Get the National Football Show with Dan Cilio, and we'll be back tomorrow at the same time. Everybody, have a great rest of your Tuesday. Thanks for hanging with us. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.